All right. So we've got a new show coming out. It's called The Real Score. If you're a member of the Fake Nerd Network, you're going to recognize me as Sparks Witty on the Fake Nerd Network. I'm doing this show with my good friend, Brandon T. McClure. Hello. I'm here too. A score aficionado who's willing to learn. And then, of course, also with Jeremy Vellucci, a uh, musician expert. Yes, I know more about music than Brandon. <laughs> That's not hard. <laughs> uh, and we're doing this show where we're talking about movies as they are related to their scores. We're going to be going uh, one episode a month and just fully diving in on what the score is for that film, talking about it. Our first one is going to be The Batman, composed by Michael Giacchino. We're just going to be fully diving in. We've, we're talking about how it relates to the film, how it's used with what we're seeing on screen, the impact of the music, how it ties into the characters, how music itself becomes a character for the film. That's the, what the show's all going to be about. We've got a whole season planned out. I think you're really going to like it. So come check out The Real Score. It's going to be on its own audio feed. It's going to be under the Fake Nerd umbrella on YouTube. Check all that out. You're going to have a great time. This has been a long time coming, and I think that it's going to be a fun show for everyone. Jeremy Vellucci has been collaborating with us behind the scenes for many, many years, and now gets to come in front and really show us what he can do. Oh no, the pressure's on. It is. Come find our first episode on March 20th on The Real Score. See you there. Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another fantastic Sunday night here with the Fake Nerd Podcast. It is episode 318, and we're here to talk about some screamies, some screamies, if you will. Scream 6 is in theaters, and boy howdy, we talk about all those movies, so it only makes sense to talk about the newest one. Uh, we got so many ghost face in this new one. It only makes sense to have all of these co-hosts. And we're all back together. The core four, if you will. Uh, I got Brandon T. McClure with me. Hello. It was such and go, but I don't, but I made it. It is true. You are here with us now. Thank you. Thank, thank you, uh, Power, Power Department and Tree Department. Uh, ben Magnet, we are also <laughs> we are also joined by your presence. What's up? I am here. I am ready to go talk about some screams. Yes, and it wouldn't be a scream discussion without Sparks, would he? Yeah, I'm back. I haven't done a full episode in three weeks. Hell yeah, wearing a, a ghost face shirt in the season. It's always spooky season in this house. We got a horror bathroom, y'all. Uh, yes, you do. Very, very happy to be back. Uh, can't wait to talk about so much nerdy news. But before we do that, Brandon, do we have any links to talk about this week? We do have some links to talk about. Thank you so much. Um, we have uh, the cinephiles for the Scream films. I've included those in the description below because we are talking about Scream 6, Screevy, if you will. Uh, and I figured it was only fair that those, fil- that those films should be represented in the description below. So if you have not seen us talk about those movies yet, why not? Go check also, them out. my name's Ryan. I didn't introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I you. It happens. Um, so yeah, so go check out the scream, the scream films. Uh, we, we, we busted out all those and, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun and we get to, we get to do this one now. So I could say, uh, busting makes you feel good. One could say that. Listen, Should they though? Ghostbusters did it and that movie's PG. So, um, all right. So you can also check, you can check those out. Both audio and video are in the description below. Um, as well as two fake nerds watches, one for the last of us. Uh, Sparks and Ryan, you guys returned for The Last of Us, episode seven and eight. That's correct, with our friend Pi. Uh, oh, that show's great. <laughs> that show is perfect top to bottom. I can say that right now. Yeah, I, y'all, y'all go watch. This is that just one of those watch. situations where, like, 
Mr. Video Game Ben, ben Magnet wa not watching the greatest video game adaptation of all time. No Mr. shit, he didn't play it either. No, that's I know. Uh, Brandon, you love the Uncharted franchise. The guy who who worked on all those is the creator, writer, director of the show. Like y'all, when you watch a show, you're gonna wish you would have watched it with us because it is it is the Andor, it is the Peacemaker, it is it is the Peacemaker. It is it is the it is the good shit. It is the January show that's going to stay in the top 10 for the rest of the year. We are hot off the finale as of like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I, I would have talked about it in my week, but I'll talk about it here. We just finished the finale before we watched trailers for this uh, podcast recording. Y'all, they did it. They did it. They did it. 10 out of 10 adaptation. Incredible. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Check out our Figners watch coming up this week where we talk about the finale. Check out 7 and 8. We love that show. Y'all should be watching. Jesus, Joel. The uh the the my my partner has finally gotten through Star Trek the Next Generation, so we're starting The Last of Us when they get home. Love it, love it, love it, love to hear it. Um, uh, so yes, then uh, I'll watch I, it in 2026, just before <laughs> the next season. season. <laughs> um, yeah, because we'll make him do a fake news watch because we'll all be watching it, and so you know, yeah. that's how it'll happen. Um, of course, you can also check out another Fickner's Watch series, uh, Starship Picard, Episode 3. I'm a little bit behind on Starship Picard. Episode 4 is out now. Uh, the, the episode of the show is out now. So Fickner's Watch Episode 3 is in the description below. Um, we were a little late getting that one out, but happy to do it because wowie zowie, Episode 3 might be one of the best episodes of Star Trek I have ever seen. Wowie zowie. Wowie zowie. Um, Brandon, yeah. I truly, like, every week I'm hearing you talk about Picard, I'm seeing you talk about Picard, and I truly, truly hope the bottom doesn't fall out from under you the way it has <laughs> the past two seasons of Picard, because I'm like, man, fool you three times, I don't know, but... I know, I don't know, this is a this is a legitimate fear that I've had, because, like, as we get further into the season, we're almost halfway through the season, and so I'm like, oh, when is it... The bottom's going to, because season two, I was really hot on season two. Season two had a really strong start, a, a couple of good episodes, and then like really tanked. And I was like, damn, I don't know, man. Season one was a little bit rocky. I, I like some episodes. I didn't like, I was, I was kind of in it. But season three, man, if season three is bad, you guys, I might kill myself. <laughs> I've, I've heard, I'd rather that not be the immediate go-to reaction. <laughs> yes, it would certainly be sad. Uh, I definitely... The Twitter buzz is like, damn, the season actually is really good. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it actually, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm glad that the, that like, because it is like the next generation like reunion. I'm glad that mm -hmm. this one isn't like bad because that would just be like a fart. That'd be I'm, just a big no, fart. I'm, I'm really glad that by their third attempt, they finally made the show that everybody wanted in season. From the first, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's classic Star Trek tradition. The first two seasons are rocky. The third season is great. There you go. Except the original series. That or third Strange season New is garbage. Worlds. Or Strange New Worlds is actually an incredible first season. Or Strange Lower New Worlds Day. just doing it right, correctly, right out of the gate. Next season, Strange, worst, Strange worst, worst season ever. Don't do that. Oh <laughs> man, I'll be so sad. Um, I also talk about uh, with Cookie Star Trek Star Trek Discovery's cancellation, um, season five. Uh, we, you know, it's mostly the stuff, the same stuff I talked about last week on this show. Uh, so if you're watching that, you don't really need. It's the same stuff. It's at the end. Uh, but yeah. Um, regardless of how i feel about that about this season of starship picard in the end episode three is stupendous i was blown away it's one of the most compelling episodes of television i've seen in a long time um i i i, I highly recommend the season especially ryan you're a next gen guy 
I am a next gen guy. It's true. You should definitely check out this season. Don't watch the first two seasons. I watch this season. It's, it's not. Is it even? It's not even like required. I'll be totally fine. Yeah, it's completely standalone. Okay. It's like, why did they even do it? Okay. Because like, I really am like seeing the pictures online. I'm like, fuck that. That is really that is. It is really cool seeing all them together again, and not just like at a Star Trek convention. Like, nah, they're in a real ass like big budget show. Uh, yeah, it is really cool. And you know how Riker didn't get his show after Star Trek Nemesis? Mm-hmm. They basically just gave him a show. Anyway, great, great show. I'm sorry. I don't mean to gush too much about Picard. No, I'm happy about it. Um, so you can check out that episode where I talk more in depth about it with Cookie, um, audio and video once again. Um, again, make sure to subscribe to that audio feed for Fickner, for Fickner's Watch. It's great stuff. Um, now some personal, some personal links. I have, of course, my CBR articles linked below. I did a Rocky article and a Every Star Trek article both of them ranked according to rotten tomatoes and imdb but it was really fun to write both of those i really enjoy i went through all the rocky films as i mentioned last week and it was kind of fun to just kind of put put some put some words to that um that's linked below you can also check out my article for kaijuramamedia.com where i also am the editor as i mentioned before uh i talk about the the thailand film the lake the thailand kaiju film that's uh, coming to north america actually as of thursday um it's in select theaters so check out that article that's up there ben hi your, your turn my turn yeah so uh, you got, have bud? you have two episodes of grace and live I do. He and I are still are playing through Mega Man X Four. We're having some, I'm he's not playing. I'm the one playing it, and we're having some fun just blowing robots up. Very cool. And uh, two articles. Yes, I did. So I got two articles for Go Nintendo up. Uh, that both of them came up this week. The first one I wrote about Nintendo's supply problem, which is essentially a problem they've had because, as you guys know, Metroid Prime Remastered the physical the game was shadow dropped. Sparks is laughing. What's going on, Sparks? No, it's just really funny because I felt bad because your article came out and then like one day later it was like Amazon Target Best Buy widely available Metroid Prime physical copy and I was like ah timing yeah type yeah timing but I'll actually funny you mentioned Amazon because I'm looking on Amazon right now it's not there except a scalper no, for ninety seven dollars I'm sure it's I'm sure it's sold out again but like it they were copious amounts for about a week there um, yeah almost a week. Yeah, and then gone again. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying Nintendo doesn't have supply problems and the article isn't accurate. It was just, it was funny because it was specifically about that. And then like the day after you dropped it, they're like, no, we got it. <laughs> I mean, I did mention that, just keep an eye on it. They're going to hopefully change it up. So I did say that, but yeah, Nintendo does have a supply problem. They have a really ba- a really major problem of, of undervaluing or underestimating how much people want a product. The biggest case in point is the disaster that was the NES Classic release. Not to say that the unit itself was a disaster, far from it, but the release of it was is because they made so little units because they didn't realize how many people were going to buy the damn thing. Mm-hmm. And even um, he wasn't CEO of Nintendo America then, Doug Bowser, he said in an article to Business Insider India, we learned our lesson. We're going to change things up. We're going to make things better. But did you, though? People are still... It's still hard for people to get a hold of Metroid Prime Remastered. I got lucky because I called a GameStop in the morning right when they opened, and they had a copy, and I was able to swoop in and get it. But they don't... But when the when the thing releases, or when it did release, it was super hard to get, or people were scalping it on eBay for hundreds of... for well over 100 bucks. 
and it's a it's a problem because like there's a lot of boo boo the fools who yeah. bought it for a lot on eBay again to have Amazon Target Best Buy put it up for like five days in a row there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the restock at later. the at the restock price and uh, it'd be fine. Um, granted, like again, not available, but it'll probably circulate back. But like, it's this kind of issue that just like, goes so to show frustrating. Yeah. that like the demand for that game is real and is still it will always be real because metroid is a great franchise uh, yeah the demand for the physical edition of that game specifically because i mean you could download the game should you want it's the same price 40 dollars physical 40 dollars digital and there's no there's no price difference but the fact that people want di- a physical media should show nintendo that hey keep giving us physical stuff we will pay for it and we want it ryan, so ryan knows already i bought a physical copy from target because i wanted both of us to be able to play it uh, on our own time on our switches and the easiest way to do that is to have one physical copy <laughs> true. yep very true so that was my first article which i was actually surprised of how many people went started commenting on that one i was like oh damn that's engagement yay uh my second one is a review of a game called gyroblade now we now i was directly asked by the by the developer of this game or the publisher of this game to review it do you guys like shoot 'em ups shmups um not as much as i used to as a kid okay then you're probably not gonna like this game then (laughs) that's fine because this game because this game does uh this game is a hundred percent classic shoot 'em up you're just a helicopter you can go up and down screen there's a high score and that's it what it does it does very well but if you want more content you want more different modes you're not going to get it here so really it's it's as someone who likes shoot 'em ups, I can see the appeal to this game to those who absolutely love shoot 'em ups. And because this is a good game, it is fun, it is challenging. You do have to be really quick on the draw and make sure your reflexes are there to dodge bullets and dodge enemies left and right. But if you don't like that sort of game, then you're not going to have a good time. And you're also going to get bored with it really quickly because it's only just the eight levels and then you're done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just feels like, a, like just an old school game of like, hey, you'll beat this in like 25 minutes. Pretty much. Yeah. Still a good game though. It what like I said, it what it does well, it does very well. But that's about it. Very cool. Cool. Linked below, uh, you can find both of those as well as finally, I'll mention the Animation Station episode that went up on Monday. Or, yeah. Where Sparks and Ben talked about that's Sonic um, Prime. I thought I thought it was the other one. Uh no, yeah, it wasn't. Sonic Prime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that one> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got the You just weren't there. No, I know. Hey, uh, I did animation stations while I didn't get to talk about them. I did animation stations with both of these guys while uh, I was away. They came up. Uh, I loved both those conversations for different reasons, and I thought they were great. But what about Sonic That's Prime? It. Huh? What about Sonic Prime? No, both those conversations. He loved the oh. conversation. He said. I tried to trap him. All right. Look, Sonic yeah. Prime. <laughs> Sonic Prime is a is mildly disappointing in a narrative sense. I still enjoyed watching it because the animation is stellar. Yeah, sure. And I'm a Sonic fan, so it's made for me. It's just uh, not made for everybody, and I wish it was. Yeah. All right, so that's linked below as well as audio and video. And that's it. That's all the links you can find down below in our description. Uh, check them out. We work really hard on them. We love them. They're our children. Click on them. Oh, yeah. Click on our children. Hey, thanks for promoting all the stuff that I made while I was gone. I appreciate it. Oh, well, you're welcome. It's the least I could do because you did the most you could do. Um, <laughs> I did. Symbiosis. Um, so that'll do it. So who wants to go first their week? 
me, I have a lot to say, so yeah. I think I should start first. I consumed a lot of stuff. I saw the Venus de Milo. I saw the Mona Lisa. I saw, <laughs> I'm not going to do this. I saw a lot of things in Paris. This man went to a museum. Uh, uh, I saw a lot of things in Paris. I had a wonderful time. Uh, I'll probably post pictures at some point. Um, I went to the Disneyland in Paris um, of the parks I've been to, which is all the Disney World ones, the ones in California, uh, Shanghai and Disneyland Paris. I would say that Disneyland Paris is the most aesthetically pleasing. It has the best layout, the best buildings. It is the most fun to just walk around and look at because they put a lot of thought and creativity into the architecture and setup of that park. Um that's kind of all I'll say about that. I think their Frontierland is much, 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 much better than ours, and let alone that any any other, because it all functions as one cohesive narrative. Basically, the narrative around Big Thunder Mountain Railroad also plays into the same narrative of Phantom Manor, which is their version of Haunted Mansion, which also is superior to ours. Um, <clears throat> yeah, anyway. I, I heard that. I heard that a lot when Fanny came back from Paris. <laughs> Yeah, y'all, Vincent Price is in the narration for Phantom Manor, so, you know... I love that. Yes, he's Ben. Yeah, he's the Phantom. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, I was upset before. Now I'm really upset. I'm Vincent. Sparks. Hey, one day. Yeah. Sparks, uh, I forgot, before you continue on with your week, um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to go through every news entry from the last two weeks you were gone in order. So let's stop. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, you guys did a great job covering it. I, I have nothing to add. Um, uh, I, I, however, will dovetail from that into responding to Brandon's assessment of the Rocky films last week by talking about oh. me watching Rocky one through four. And specifically, Brandon has slandered the incredible Rocky two, and it disdains me. Incredible? <laughs> Ew. Ew. No, sorry. We're in, we are in two totally different camps. Of oh. Rocky 1 through 4, Rocky 2 is my personal favorite. I think it's the best. I think everything Rocky slums its way through doing poorly, Rocky 2 does better. That's uh, so interesting to me because it's a half hour longer. It is a minute shorter, sir. That's so interesting to me because you because because what what you say about Rocky 2, I say about uh, what you say about Ro we're opposite completely because I think what Rocky 2 does, it does the exact same thing that Rocky 1 does but worse. And you're yeah. saying it's the opposite, which I think is interesting. Absolutely. And this might be. However, I did say, I did say Rocky two has a better fight. Well, yeah, obviously. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, Rocky to a person watching it in 2023 does not age well. Um, and of my personal rankings at this moment in time uh, for the four films, it's Rocky two, then Rocky three, then Rocky, then Rocky four. Um, I won't say any more than that. That's what it is. Uh, that's how I feel. Um, Brandon's entitled to his opinions. I don't think they're wrong. They're just different. Um, well, I'm curious what, what's, what's, what exactly about Rocky one rubbed you the wrong way? Oh man. It spends like 30 minutes on the story of Rocky, um, in any way that I would describe that by modern day language, uh, abusively cornering Adrian, which is just gross. It's just gross to watch. Um, it made me functionally uncomfortable. I didn't even want to watch the rest of the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sure by the 70 standards, like not that bad. I'm sure watching it as a kid and, and not really thinking about it, I would have thought not that bad. Um, he, she's literally saying no repeatedly to coming into his place. And then he corners her against the door when she tries to leave. Mm, hey, don't love it. I don't think Stallone writes women very well. 
uh, what are you going to do? Um, That's so weird because this is the, this is the only time I liked Adrian as a character. She because she doesn't she get a lot of play in the later films. You're right because uh, at that point she has a personality, and then she just becomes I'm the supportive wife of the heroic male character. After that, yeah. uh, which also don't love. Um, yeah, it, it, we can talk about this at another date and time, and I'd love to. I would love to talk about the Rocky movies off air with you uh, extensively. It, it, I will give it another chance at some point because I do think maybe I'm a little harsh. And I think there are some artistic things I could value a little more about it. However, uh, it just, it did things that to a modern mind, I did not like. Um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Ryan talked about it a bit. Uh, We have our animation station. That show is amazing. Really hope you guys take the time to check it out at some point, because I think both of you will love it. Both of you will love it. I have no doubt. I also read a bunch of comics because of that. So just like Ryan, I read a bunch of Moon Girl and Devil Dice or comics. I read the first 16 issues. Um, that's a great comic uh, of, from the initial run. Um, really like it. Really, really, really like it. Uh, also, we never touched on it on the news. She's in California Adventure now, and it's awesome. That's cool. Um, in a similar vein of reading comics, I also read Iron Man Big Iron when you guys did it. I liked it a lot. Da, 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 that's it uh can't well can't do wrong so you know that is what it is you were reading that book before though weren't you i was reading that book yeah. before but i reread it because no no i, know. I just mean yeah. like you were you, you you were picking it up yeah but i wasn't yeah. here to talk about it and like that's good stuff guys I appreciate it's good it. stuff yeah. um also i <laughs> on my trip i meant to try and catch up on the x-men comics and i hit the same wall i hit last time which is that i got to a section in sword where it's doing king and black tie and stuff and i was like you know i really should read king and black Mm, I really should finish Venom. I should do Absolute Carnage. I should just do so. So I read four years in the past now. So I read all of Absolute Carnage and a, a few other things and Venom and all this kind of stuff. And the thing is, when I say I read Absolute Carnage, I mean I read every single lead-in t- title, every single tie-in issue, and that event, taking just those five issues, kind of fizzles out at the end. Mm-hmm. The tie-ins and the build-up are some of my favorite shit with the symbiotes ever. Because Carnage starts small and he's just killing characters you never think of mm-hmm. um, who have worn the symbiote. These characters who like nobody ha- nobody's had anything with them for a while. So there is a character who wore the symbiote for like a single issue of a story sometime back when. I forget her name right now. But then she became a ghostwriter. And Johnny Blaze has to send Danny Ketch to try and go protect her from Carnage because Carnage is going to come and rip out her spine. And he does because these are characters who are so minor that you can kill them. Yes. And like it really made the intensity of Carnage ramping up feel impactful because you're watching. They, they do good issues even if you haven't read anything with these characters before to make these symbiote characters feel sympathetic and then carnage comes and ruins their day and i have to say it really stuns me that they did um the both the lead-up issues and then the aftermath issues of the event that are all related to scream are really really excellent um and it's a shame that that scream aftermath comic got canceled because that was when like all the digital first and pandemic stuff was happening that's right yeah uh it's a real shame because they were telling a really great story there there's one tying in particular separation anxiety which is about the four symbiotes that can be like a uh kind of like a hybrid into each other mm-hmm. and constructicon and uh that one is brutal it's where they just basically take hostage of an entire family that later the maker abuses um whew, what fun uh i'm having a great time catching up on 
things I should have read a long time ago. I love it. <laughs> and then the last thing I'll talk about is that in the interim since the last time I've been able to say anything I've done, um, I've been playing a board game called Marvel United, and he played it with me, and it's really, really cool. Get that card. Uh, it's basically a nice, easy board game. Think Brandon like Sentinels of the Multiverse, mm-hmm. kind of like that, but you're doing it with Marvel. It's a lot less complicated. Um, just really well designed. They come with the little figures. You can paint them. Oh, look what I was reading. The other there day. it is. That's yeah, so separation anxiety. Yeah. That's completely separate because I was like, I know I was reading this comic. Yeah. That's really that's really funny. Uh, yeah. So Marvel United, great game. Um, I don't have anything else to say. He just bought it, an sorry. entire. Oh my gosh. He just bought. Because you can buy so many expansions. He just bought an X-Men expansion that has all the X-Men. It also has Mystique and Magneto, who are villains that you fight. But they're the first characters that also can be heroes who can join your team. And I like, saw that, and that blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. They, have two, they have two separate card decks for whether they're functioning as a, as a hero character or a villain character. And, and they're called anti-heroes. Yeah. Just, just lovely. Uh, lovely. There's also, we, I bought the Infinity Gauntlet expansion for it, which is really cool because that is a uh, four-game setup you play three rounds where you're fighting a single child of Thanos each time. And if they get the stones, whatever stones they collect in those rounds are the amount of stones Thanos has in the last round for you to face him. So he could have two, he could have all, you know, whatever. Depends on how well you do. Yeah, it depends how well you do. And you can lose heroes throughout that fight and have to trade in other heroes. Anyway, that's it. Uh, We got a lot to do. I don't mean to take up a bunch of time. No, you're fine. I will go next. Because I, I, despite not being on last week, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't consume as much media as I used to. I'm just not, the, I'm not the man I used to be. You know, I go to sleep before, before one o'clock these days. It's, it's crazy. I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm an old man. I feel like. Um, I got back into a video game that I started playing a couple weeks ago called Hi-Fi Rush. It was a stealth Xbox release. Um, and I got about a third of the way through that game, and then I got to a level, and I'm playing this on my PC because PC also has Xbox Game Pass. It's compatible. Um, where my computer couldn't handle it anymore. And it's not a super intense game, but I also don't have the strongest computer, right? So uh, I know, Emma, it's crazy. So I stopped playing Hi-Fi Rush for a bit, um, and I really want to get back to it. So, uh, you know, I've been saving up money, uh, and I bought myself a new computer that was on sale. Not the highest-end computer. I will never buy a, I will never buy a $3,000 computer. I know, Emma, I want a $3,000 computer. So, but, you know, it was, like, it, was, it was cheap enough where I can, you know, I can get a new one. Uh, I am not a computer person whatsoever. I don't know anything about tech. I am I am a huge nerd. I know so many things. Computers are not one of them. Almost deliberately where I am like, I don't want to know about computers. Just let me, I'm a console person. Um, so I've been trying to mess with this computer, not being a computer person. And boy, how I've had days and hours of frustration. There was an entire day where my computer wouldn't even turn on. Boy, that was, I was on a lot of Reddit threads, guys. I learned, I now know more about computers than I did two days ago. Let me tell you. Um, learning is fun, but... I got a new computer. I put my old graphics card into my new computer, so it's A plus. It's more like a B minus, but it's it's pretty good. <laughs> I got to I got to play Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, those graphics are good enough. I got back to that game. I am now there's 12 levels. I am on uh I just beat level 11, so I'm on the final mission. And guys, uh I that game is incredible. It is it is um it's an action platformer, you know, it's level based, you know, you 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 level up your character in between levels. Um it's all rhythm based. So uh if you hit your uh, enemy to the on the rhythm, it'll give you like a yeah or a cool uh and you can build up combos. The entire world is alive. Uh it's always moving to the beat. So like everything will give you indications of when to attack on beat. And also if you're not rhythmic, you'll be just fine. It's still a great action game. Uh, I got to the emotional part of the game and holy shit, it's really good. It's got so much style. Uh, so much love and so much passion behind it. Um, 
Ben Magnet, I want to talk to you real quick. Yeah. It looks like you're already getting sleepy. Um, you're you're Mr. Video Games. We have a video game channel, and we you play more video games than other people's channels and on our own channel. So we are going to play Hi Fry Rush together. Uh, because okay. I, it's a game that you will never play because one, you don't own Xbox. Uh, I but I know you will love this game because it's a great uh, rhythm action game. It's a great platformer. It's got a great anime style. It's got great music that I know you'll love. Um, I think it said Ario on it. So I think Ario Speedwagon might've helped do some music. And I don't think that's true, but I saw Ario in one of the credits and I'm like, no way that's Ario Speedwagon from the eighties. Um, but I'm just, I am so in love with it. Uh, I also heard the game was only six hours. So I started to play it to beat it. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm only like halfway through this game. So I got really excited. So I, I played like four hours over the last couple of days. Great game. It if if there are worse games coming out this year, it might be in my top 10. Cause I always like to include, you know, movies, comics, TV. I like to include a little bit of everything. So like if there are not that many great games this year, this will be on my top 10. Um, it's incredible. Uh it feels like a PS2 classic, you know, like a Ratchet and Clank style uh, uh, uh return to form. Love it. All right. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, honestly been like I want us. I, I know Emma's being Emma really wants attention right now. Uh, I want <laughs> us to play this game so bad, man, because I think you will love it. Um, there's a song called "Invaders Must Die" by the Prodigy. It is a super dope, great electronic song, and there's an entire level, uh, like a 30 minute level, that uses that one electronic song and uses it throughout the entire level. And it's one of the hypest. It's like the hypest level I've played like in a long time, and like. And then there's like Mozart's like Mozart's Fifth Symphony uh, uh, electronic version where you're fighting a giant wolf and like he's like shooting music at you. It's like a Doctor Strange battle, but a cyberpunk version of it. It's just incredible. Like every level is so unique and fun. And I'm so glad I got my computer fixed or got a new computer, excuse me, to be able to play this game. Um, or I could have just played it on my crappier Xbox, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to look a little bit better. Um, so that's me. Just loving Hi-Fi Rush. Um, I can't wait to play with Ben because I'm going to force him to do it. <laughs> You heard it here first. Basement Arcade, Hi-Fi Rush, incoming. It's true. We more video games on our video game channel. That's true. Yeah. I've, I've been meaning to ask, did we even finish Mortal Kombat 11? I have no idea. No, there's one more to come out. Okay. Unfortunately, it will take a lot of time to edit because we probably have to change how we do our miking when we do that because our volume levels with the game are just constantly like this. So I have to go through and like constantly change the volume levels. Yeah. Sure. So it's a longer editing process than most of our things yeah it didn't be like that sometimes or was it mortal kombat 10 i think it was 10, no, it's 10. yeah we haven't played 11 yet. we haven't played 11 yet because 12 yeah. is incoming yes so okay which yes. now means we got <laughs> we got to play 11 i'm excited oh boy all right ben okay um my week not a whole lot of stuff to do just going to work going to the gym just listening to Spotify, writing articles, all that stuff. But I did play the new Mario Kart levels because those dropped on the 9th, which was the day before uh, Mario Day. And I'm really excited for the upcoming uh, um, upcoming DLC, not just for the new tracks, because they also, they also essentially said, hey, these are also, here's the number of characters we're launching. And it's about like five more characters outside of Birdo. So with the newer the newer um, um, tracks that we're gonna get down the road, we're gonna also get a whole new column of characters on the players on the character select screen, and I am here for it. I'm like hell yeah, let's do it. Um, of course, new tracks are really fun. Yoshi's Island, brand new track, first track based off the hit video game from the Super Nintendo. A lot of people absolutely love that game, and you know what? It's a really fun track. It's it's Mario Kart once again. Mario Kart Eight. It's still proving to be the one like the 
definitive Mario Kart game ever made. More tracks, more people to, to play as. Um, yeah, I don't need Mario Kart 9 for a good long time. I was playing it for like three hours yesterday with some with friends, and it was great. Um, besides that, I played a little bit of Metroid Prime Remastered. Not going to say a whole lot. Besides that, the game is still kick-ass and awesome. Can't wait to play more. Been trying to play more, but life decides to step in and say, <laughs> no. I'm so really glad that you're finally playing that game then. It's so good. It's so Same much here. fun. I just got the space jump boots. I just got those. And I'm like, this, I love I love it. I love it so much. That's good shit. And man. also That's good shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would put it on my top ten of the year, but since it's a remaster, I it shouldn't count. But why I'm just why? glad they found it's your own list. Why why arbitrate it? It's your own list. You can right. do what you want. And you can always yeah. mention it in the, the things I I consume that are from previous years part. That's true. Can you do that too? That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. We have plenty of places where this could be then. Yeah, that we that we can. And also, besides that, little sizzle, I also <laughs> recorded another basement arcade uh, pause menu yesterday. So be on the lookout for that. Hell yeah! So After the one that he recorded before that, which will come out sometime this week. <laughs> Yay! Any any Marvel Snap? Actually, no. I yeah, haven't played any Marvel Snap. I need to play because when I first started playing it, I was like, okay, I, I played a few rounds of uh, before I went to bed. And now it's just, I just get home, I just go straight to bed, and then I'm, I knock out. I'm glad you go to bed instead of staying up till five, six, seven in the morning. So that's good. Well, I go to the gym, at, or I try to go to the gym around 8 39 in the morning now. So I can't really stay up super late anymore. That's great. I'm, I'm, we're, we're all growing up. It doesn't matter when I go to bed, I'm always up at 7 p- at 7 a.m., 7 p.m. Wouldn't that suck? Uh, <laughs> I could go to bed at 3 a.m. And I'm, and I'm up at 7 a.m. I hate it. That is way too early i think it's my i think it's my dad's genes because he was very much like you know that certain point of the of the morning he is up and there was mm-hmm. and it was no going back to sleep well you are also born 40 so no oh, that's true <laughs> <laughs> um grayson's in the chat i should acknowledge grayson because grayson yeah is there yeah how you doing buddy oh i didn't even notice either what's up my friend uh, grayson says uh grayson says no lie i've had my eye on high if i rush but i simply like watching videos on it i like how the music is so incorporated into it all and this is and in regards to us doing it for uh baseball he says i'm ready for it yeah the only the only thing is that it uses licensed songs for the boss battle so there is a streamer <laughs> mode uh, where they change the license logs to like non, you know, just regular songs, which, which is less good. It's less good, but they do incorporate it in a good way where like it is still a dope ass song. It's just not Nine Inch Nails or like, you know, like mm-hmm. a dope ass like that Punk cover, you know, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my turn, Ben? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I, well, so we alluded to it in the beginning. Uh, I went up to uh, take care of my, my mother's dogs. Uh, for the for the week and the power went out because there was a bad storm and a tree fell down right next to my car. Thank goodness it didn't hit my car. So my power's been out for a few days. Um, but I did do a few things. I watched History of the World Part 1 before the power went out, literally hours before. I wanted to rewatch that movie because I was going to watch the show like right after. Um, that movie's really funny, guys. You know, Mel Brooks is great. Uh, but half of that movie, I think I think the first half is a, is a stronger, funnier movie than the second half. Um, but I've completely forgot about the juice in space joke. Which I'm so glad I rewatched that movie for. Um, Mel Brooks, wonderful. I love him. Um, I watched the Marvel assembled for Wakanda forever. Uh, that dropped a few weeks ago, I think now. Um, 
so I watched that. That was that was pretty good. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed listening to the cast and producers and Ryan Coogler talk about constructing the movie and kind of um, you know there's a lot of talk about about Chadwick and uh, removing T'Challa from the movie and I thought that there's some really valuable stuff in that in that in that uh, special that I, I really enjoyed. Um, it was one of the stronger one of the stronger ones I think. Interestingly, Kevin Feige's not in it, but Nate Moore is. He's in it a lot these days. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, he's busy. Well, some people think he's gunning for Iger's job when Iger finally leaves. Oh, crazy. Nate Moore hasn't said a single thing publicly in description of like the creation of any of the Marvel projects that I've agreed with. So <laughs> yes, not same. crazy about any time he opens his mouth. Nate Moore, no. more like Nate Less. Yeah. Uh, I agree, but yeah. So I was really surprised about that. When watching it, I was like, "Oh yeah, Nate, what? Where was Feige? Because he's been in all of them except for yeah. this one." And I was like, "Okay, well, you know, you want to keep it like cast and things." But then Nate Moore shows up. I'm like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" Yeah. Um. So because the power was out, though, I overpacked. When I say when I I overpacked comics because I was like, you know what? I sometimes have a lot of downtime. I'm gonna pack a bunch of comics. What if I don't get through them all? I'll get through some of them. I got through all of them. So I read uh, X-Men up to the health, the second Hellfire Gala. Um, that's how far back I was. Um, so that, you know, that's X-Men Red and Legion of X, which I, whoa, guys, I really like Legion of X. Um, X-Men Red is also really great. X-Men Red is so cool. There's a, there's a scene where Magneto fights Tarn and it's, oh, chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, X Men is really good by Jerry Duggan. I really enjoy that. Um, now, when I when I say like I read all the X Men, I I dropped Marauders, New Mutants, and Knights of X. I was not enjoying them, and I was just like, you know what? It's not. I'm spending way too much money on X Men comics. I'm not even reading. Might as well just drop the ones that I know I'm not enjoying, and just keep buying mm-hmm. the ones that I know I will enjoy. So I I read. So I so that's so those are just the three I've omitted. But other than that, I've really enjoyed them. Um, after the Hellfire Gala, I'm getting pretty close to Judgment Day, which is uh, the the last X-Men event before Sins of Sinister. I'm excited for that. Uh, after Ryan said all the all the all the juicy good stuff about it. I recommend again, I know you don't have Marvel Unlimited, even though it's only ten dollars a month, and you could read 30 issues of Judgment for ten dollars. Uh, I recommend reading every single time because it only makes that event a hundred times better. I think I will. I think I will. Um, and uh, yeah. So, so really good stuff. Really enjoyed that. Um, Wolverine had a crossover with Deadpool, which I really, I really like Benjamin Percy's Wolverine. Uh, I thought those issues were great. His his X Force and his Wolverine are are really really great. Really yeah. Great. Um. I'm re- so so I really like those. But I also decided to take the opportunity to catch up on some of the Black Hammer books that I've been so far behind on. Now I must reiterate, I am very far behind on many of my comic books. Um. So I went back to Black Hammer. Which is now, unfortunately, a Substack original instead of a Dark Horse original. It's mm. fine. I still get the trades when he when he releases them. Yeah. Uh, but I read the unbelievable Unteens, which is his take on the like Black Hammer Teen Titans. Um, that was so good. I mean, like it's such it, it's so good. The art is incredible. It reintroduces a character that we met in Black Hammer called Jack Sabbath, um, who we thought was this immortal dead guy from hundreds of years ago 
Turns out he died in the 80s. He was part of the unteens. And so that was like the big reveal is that Jack Sabbath was like, oh, I thought I was dead for 100 years. And like I, I helped uh, a, uh, Abraham Slam uh, find his find himself. Uh, but then I realized, oh, shit, I haven't been dead for 100 years. I've been dead since the 80s. So she, he goes to find the, the rest of the unteens, but they all don't remember what happened anymore. And now the unteens is a, is a very successful comic book. That is being written by one of the by one of the members who doesn't remember that she was part of the part of the unteens. Great work of art. Uh, the way the the way the artist does uh, these like the flashback pages of like the make of the comic book, awesome. Black Hammer does a lot of really cool uh, meta comic pages where like characters will be ripping pages and going through pages and uh, talking to the artist and the and the writer. Oftentimes, really liked it. Really liked the unbelievable unteens. Only four issues. Highly recommend. Uh, and then I finished Black Hammer Visions, which was an eight-issue miniseries, uh, which had a bunch of different writers do a single issue. So it's like Mariko Tamaki does an issue. Scott Snyder does an issue. Um, and they do various characters in the Black Hammer universe. Um, there's one about Cthulhu, uh, who's a plumber with Cthulhu's head on it. Cthulhu's head. Um, he's very fun. I like him. Um, one of the more one of one of the coolest ones was actually issue eight. I really like because it was Scott Snyder writing, who I think is a, a really underrated Black Hammer character that doesn't get a lot of play, which is the horseless rider. Uh, he's kind of think Jonah Hex meets Dead Man. Um, so like a ghost Jonah Hex. Um, really cool character and so scott snyder does his origin story in the pages of black hammer visions and it's awesome like it's it's so cool um i'm i'm really i'm really glad i went back into the black hammer universe really like re-solidified why i really liked that world in the first place love that's it. it that's all i got all right love it all right so we go into our bread and butter let's let's get ben eating it's hard to fall asleep if you're eating Bread. <laughs> All right. Some sadness up top. Um, Haim Topol, an Israeli actor best known for his role as Tevia and Fiddler on the Roof, the film adaptation of Fiddler on the Roof. He was also Flash Gordon. He was a Bond villain um, in For Your Eyes Only. He mm -hmm. passed away this week at the age of 87. I believe he was also in the stage as well as film versions. For I think so. I know Zero Mostel was the original, but I think he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't was the original, him. but I believe he did do like stage and. I think so too. I definitely remember him from Flash Gordon, and I definitely will always remember him as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I watched that song on YouTube to prepare for my audition when my high school did Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, hell yeah. I remember doing I remember I was Laser Wolf. Oh, I remember okay. you were a laser wolf. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would. Because we were in that together. I we was were. <laughs> I oh, was so bad. I played Yussel the hat seller, but also my main like spotlight moment was I started the bottle dance. And me and three other guys actually bounced bottles on our heads for it. I, this isn't the first time I've heard Ben say that. Okay, I just I was just like I, I know Ben's done this. Um, sorry, sorry. No, uh, uh, Brandon, weren't you old as shit as Laser Wolf? 
Yeah, I I put, yeah. I, I put on a Barbosa voice and I had a beard. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that yeah. Was- oh, now I wish I would be able to. I could see this. Well, so I was Laser Wolf for the first week, and then the second week I was Random Guy Number Seven because <laughs> there was problems with my grade, and I had to step down for a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, you had to be. You had to have good grades if you were going to be in that show. I mean, I'm pretty sure my teacher said you had to have good grades, but knowing her, she didn't really check. Anyway, so yeah, so you know, it sucks. Eighty-seven, not bad. Not bad though. No, I, it has a legacy, a a big legacy for a bunch of um, theater kids and sci-fi nerds. So yeah, yeah. Um, before we move into other things, I real quickly just want to touch on the Oscars because I thought there were some incredible wins, such as Brendan Fraser winning for best best actor, Michelle Yeoh winning for best actress, and Ki Hyo Kwan uh, winning for um, best supporting. Best support. Jamie Lee, I'm happy she won, Weird. but I don't think she should have won. No. No, that feels more like like um, one of those like, oh, you deserved one from a long time ago, so we're gonna give you one now. That yeah, yeah, but so did Angela Bassett. No, I agree, but like, and yes, I don't even, does. and I don't even know for sure if I would have said Angela Bassett should have won, but I don't think it should have been Jamie. No, especially as much I, as I like Jamie Lee Curtis, at least Stephanie. I was got a honestly, I was gonna say either for supporting actress, I was gonna say Jamie Lee or um the daughter from Everything Everywhere All Stephanie at Once. Sue, yeah, she, Stephanie yeah, because she. Yeah. Because she was nominated, and I was like, I, w- I really want her, but I told myself I wasn't going to be upset if Jamie Lee or Angela Bassett won. My my pick was Angela Bassett personally. I thought that she, I thought that I think she should have gotten it. Uh, so I was really shocked when it was like Jamie Lee Curtis. I was like, oh, oh, really? It's it's man. This is like uh, this was like I don't like Sparks and I's like favorite movie of the year, but like yeah. like it it's it's swept most. Good awards shows it went to like it's like one more awards than a lot of other movies like and that's really impressive considering it's a multiverse sci-fi movie about love like it's 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 a it's a real ass like crazy movie and like it's really cool that you know like i would compare this almost to like a comic book movie like it's something like this shouldn't win this many awards like like uh like return of the king like man a fantasy movie won 13 oscars what like hell yeah like this is awesome I'm really happy for everything everywhere. It won best picture, won best directing. Um, I'm I'm so ecstatic for it. I also have to say when Ki Hyo Kwan uh, won, I literally shed a tear. I started crying. Same with Brendan Fraser when he won. I was like, these two deserve this more than anyone right now. This is their moment. Before... I'm sure it was lovely. I was watching Scream Six. <laughs> That's fine. Before um, we started recording, I was I was checking who won the Oscars, and we I did watch his acceptance speech before we started recording, and I was just like, "You go, man." Oh, I gotta do- say, also, Kihi Kwan when he went up to win to because best best picture was given out by Harrison Ford, and so they they like hugged each other and they like embraced, and it was so cute to see, and I was just so happy for them. Uh, I I am very happy with a lot of those wins, specifically the ones I mentioned. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, P- Pinocchio won best animated feature. That's cool. Whoop whoop. The Robert Guillermo Zemeckis de- one. No, oh no. Um, <laughs> no. Guillermo del Toro is now the only person to win best best picture, best director, and best animated feature. Ooh, that's probably not going to happen again for a long time. Nope. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That's very cool. Very cool. All right. 
I held this back from last week's news because I knew uh, two people needed to talk about it more than anyone else, um, which is Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 4 has been announced. Yeah, wild. Yes, it has been. I also immediately um, Santa Claus myself when I realized that, like they were posting with it and they're like, it's been 16 years since the last Budokai Tenkaichi. And I went, oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely uh, gets, got Santa Claus right there. Yeah. Um, there's no information. It's just like, hey, we're making the game, baby. Here's 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 Goku. He looks blue. I'm like, hell yeah. Uh, uh, hell yeah. Uh, notably, that environment looks incredible. Yeah. Which I mean, like, you know, video games have come a long way since in 16 years. So, of course, it's going to look pretty good. I mean, PS5 Kakarot looks pretty good. But I didn't realize until I will give the teaser some credit. Yeah. I didn't realize until I was seeing it that I'm like, oh, shit. I do want to play a really good looking Budokai Tenkaichi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there is there is Fighters, Dragon Ball Fighters, which is a great game. Which is uh and this is not a, a dig at Budokai. Uh that's a real fighting game. Uh made by like a real like the de- fighting developing team who make like guilty gear and shit. Um the Budokai games are much more arcade fun where it's like you want to see big explosions. Um, but they are a great time and they are my favorite. If I had to pick between Fighters and Budokai, it would be Budokai because that's the only franchise where you can go from base Goku and power up to Kaioken, power they, up to Super Saiyan they 1, really to make Super it, Saiyan 2, to they, Super Saiyan 3, to Super Saiyan 4. Yeah, they really make it feel like the way Dragon Ball Z fights occur in the sense of like power and attacks yeah. and that kind of thing. The speed of Fighters is like the fighting matches of what you want in, in that terms, yeah. but it doesn't have the room for the transformations and the, they're the very big, different, the big bombastic yeah. moves and t- yeah. Tenkaichi is the place you go for that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like they'll, it'll, it'll be, Hey, like almost every single dragon ball fighting game, just like every single anime game that's ever come out. It's going to be, Hey, here's going to be the story that you've played a hundred times. Every dragon ball game, you're going through the Saiyan saga, the cell saga, the, like you're going to do all that shit over again. But this time it's going to look really effing good. <laughs> <laughs> really really good and then we'll be able to go all the way to uh, uh the super saiyan god stuff there's probably gonna be like 100 characters everyone could transform great, great. mags in the chat saying the announcement for tank h4 is like the titanic meme where rose goes it's been 84 years yeah rose, oh. rose and the santa claus when uh when they were talking when what so because there was a lot of slap jokes at this year's oscars um and i was like it's been 84 years <laughs> wasn't there really that's some that's i kind of was hoping that Oh no! Jimmy Kimmel opened with, "I have a uh, there's a security, there's a crisis team waiting. If someone comes up to me, we got him." And I'm like, "Wow!" And Will Smith, it wasn't even there. Like, he wasn't even allowed to be there, right? Yeah, he was. He's been oh, yeah, for the next yeah, ten yeah, years. Jokes when he can't be there. Really funny guys. Yeah, not what, and it wasn't crazy about Kimmel this year hosting. That's he wasn't right. very good. He's like the go-to, and you can't get somebody out, right or something. Yeah. Anyway, so so currently the currently the game is under is titled uh, DB Sparking Zero. Um, that's what it's going to be. That's what the trailer calls it. And, uh, so it'll be Tenkaichi four when it comes out uh, officially the, um, trailer, uh, looks really cool. I'm really excited for this. Honestly, I haven't played a Budokai since Budokai three, not Ken- Tenkaichi three, Budokai three. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we're talking, that's, talking that's like, 20, like 20 years now. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm, Bud- I'm, I'm excited to actually so never, play it. So you've never run. played one with the free roam ability. No. Yeah. Me either. I always that's what Tenkaichi Bud- introduced. Yeah. 
I, I'm the same boat as Brandon. I never played any of those. I was only playing Budokai 3 because that was my favorite. I love that game. I'm just letting you know there's this game called Xenoverse where if you <laughs> play it, we can actually play online together and fight big bosses together, you know, like they do in the show. Mm-hmm. And you got free roam ability. Right. Tenkaichi's just better at the battle system than yeah, Xenoverse right. is. Man, if this can just like just be like a better version of Xenoverse, that'd be really cool. That'd be really good. But they're making uh, Xenoverse 3, so um yeah this is i honestly i don't expect it to come out this year um because i feel like with announcement like this they would have showed more if it was more if it was more ready so i i I bet it's at least a year away but you know because there's a lot there's already this is a a loaded a loaded year of games so like hopefully this year but i i I suspect next year yeah it was a surprise though no one ever no one saw this coming yeah very very happy after especially after the last dragon ball game breakers did not set the world on fire god <laughs> Sparks like <"Vroom." laughs> uh, you don't know where I did. <laughs> I I sent him a picture. The game was on sale for like thirteen dollars, and I'm like, eh. And he's like, dude, still not even worth it. We'd have to get seven people together, and I'm not gonna. Yeah, and I'm like, not even. Like, no. Wow. When it's free to play, we'll maybe test it. Uh, all right. Um, talked a little bit. Of, talked. Uh, a lot from me about the Creed franchise last week uh, before in the news. So there's some news here. There's no spoilers here for anyone who's not who's not seen Creed three. There's no spoilers here. It's all of us here. Um, but the Michael B. Michael B. Jordan, not the Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan uh, is looking to expand the Creed franchise. Um, this was something that Irving Winkler, who is the producing partner for Stallone on uh, on all the Rocky films and the Creed films. Um, has wanted to do for a while uh if you guys remember mgm has been bought by amazon and they've been very interested in expanding their franchises uh into television and multimedia formats well anyway michael b jordan is currently developing an animated an anime series based off creed um not much more is known about that probably going to star creed um i can totally see him voicing an anime yeah honestly He's done it before. Yeah. Yep. An anime? I guess I should put anime in quotation marks, but it's the Rooster Teeth. It's one of the Rooster Teeth Got it, anime. Yeah. But Gen- let's Gen be Lock. honest, whatever Creed anime they make would also be a anime quotation mark. So yeah. I think it counts the same. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Michael B. Jordan was also cyborg in one of in Justice League Doom. He's really good in that. Oh, that was a while ago. It, yeah. I will say, like, before you go on to the rest of this, like yes. it, I get his passion for anime. Um, I think it entirely depends on who he gets, you know, behind the, the, the behind yeah. the team because like having the passion for anime and being able to create anime are not the same things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, real quick, the yeah. like Stallone's not in Creed three, and I didn't realize this, but like, boy, howdy, there's like bad blood. Between yeah. Them. So I'm I'm gonna get into this. I'm gonna get okay. into this a little bit. Um, but first, I'll say that a project featuring Adonis Adonis Creed's daughter Amara um is being discussed has not been greenlit yet is just something that they're looking at um kind of making creed a legacy character now uh like they did with rocky so all this is also is coming off the back of a drago film spinning off of creed 2 which is still in development um it has a script and just waiting to be filmed at this point um uh, that's going to be about victor and ivan drago the that movie is where the bad blood started because Stallone, who wrote Creed 2, I should add, wrote part of co-wrote Creed 2, I should add. Um, he was due to get the rights back, like we've seen with the Predator and Friday the 13th franchise. He, that was one of those franchises that were just gonna 
the deal is up. It's time to get the rights back. Mm-hmm. Irvin Winkler decided to go ahead with this Drago film, which null and void, which nulled that contract, and Stallone didn't get the rights back, and he's very upset about it. Um, and so that's why the, that's kind of where the bad blood started. But he also kind of is like, "You're you're bastardizing this franchise that I care a lot about." He did I don't that. know. <laughs> I don't know. Let me just real quickly, as someone who's just recently watched all the Creed films, I don't know if I disagree with with Stallone's feelings but I do think there I do always feel like there is room for expansion no matter what the story is as long as the passion is there uh, I do think there is room for it I watched an interview with him it wasn't Howard Stern it was he was talking to somebody um uh, Stallone and it was like why he wasn't in Creed 3 and he's like you know like they the part that they initially wrote for me I was barely in the movie. It was basically to say like, Hey, look, Rocky's back in the movie. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to be a part of that. Cause I'm bigger than I'm, I'm bigger than that. than you know what this franchise is turning me into. So like, I also think he's disinterested in, even though it's like, it's the Creed franchise. He still wants it to be the Rocky franchise. And I, yeah. I understand that it's called Creed three, my guy, like it, you're 80 years old. Like at some point, like let it's, it's a legacy film at this point. You know what I mean? Like you can, why well, can't I have both? Why can't we all, why can't everyone be happy? It's so fascinating to look at the Rocky films and see like both Stallone's passion and capability, but also his ego on full display um, and how those two things are, are sitting next to each other. Like a Vin Diesel. And uh, it, it, you know, like <sighs> Rocky should have ended at Rocky three. And I feel pretty good about that, even though I haven't seen the rest of them. Um, and Creed may turn out to be the same thing. I think like you can only stretch some of these things so far, like Brandon's right about, you know, as long as the passion's there, but passion can be misled and misguided. I've seen the trailer for Rocky five. Bob, not, Iger, Bob Iger agrees with you. <laughs> and I'm not looking forward to watching Rocky five. Cause I watched that trailer, but it's going to happen either way. Uh, and Rocky four, like I feel there's so much, something had to happen on that movie to take away a lot of Stallone's personal voice, regardless of the fact that he wrote and directed that movie. Like you can tell that there's something wholly new being forced into the franchise that didn't exist in the first three films. And, uh, and I feel like you run the same risk with, you know, creating too many titles out of something. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I get Creed three being a success. I get even wanting to do like maybe a TV show, maybe a movie about his daughter, but like, you know, we're counting a lot of eggs before they've been hatched kind of thing. And, I don't know who needs a Drago movie. Yeah. Um, like, uh, uh, this, ben, these are how I feel. Ben, have you seen any of these movies? I've seen Rocky Two. Cool, <laughs> the best one. <laughs> that's the one, Mister T. Right? No, that's three. Okay. Never mind. I've seen Rocky Three. I lied. Oh Club. damn it! Second best one, Club Lang. Rocky Three is a good movie. I like that Rocky movie. Two is also a good movie. Ben, you know what? <laughs> you're allowed for. You're allowed to have your opinion. You're allowed to disagree. Look at these. Look at these. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'm just kind of like, after Creed 2, there's really no reason why I'm against, why I'd be against a Drago film. And not, it's just, there's, after a while, they're basically just the same movie. It's really difficult to keep this type of movie fresh. And I think the Creed films have done it three times, and I'm really happy that it, it has. But like, you Funny, keep going. in the same movie since Rocky 1. <laughs> I really like Rocky Balboa. Yeah, really they're like still Balboa. all the same movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of on the fence about this. Like, I I I really like this franchise, and I I agree and disagree with how Stallone feels about it. I'm 
I did honestly miss him in Creed 3. I don't really think he was really that essential to it. There's if if what you're saying is true, Ryan, I know exactly the part they wrote for him, and I actually think it would have made that movie better. Yeah. But because Stallone wants to be it's so weird because like Stallone was so good in the both the first two Creed movies. Like I he's, think he's so still good mad movies. that he didn't get that Oscar, which he deserved. For Creed one, he should have won that Oscar. The one time Stallone deserved an award, that should have been it. And I think he's yeah. still mad. He's like, I deserve that. I'm, I'm Drago time. And I, and I know that there's also part of this Irving Winkler just wanting to stranglehold the Rocky franchise into his own court. So I don't know. Yeah. Ring, right, I should right, say. Rights issues are always always funny. And I get yeah. Stallone being passionate about that when, like, you know, you created it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. Speaking of seeing Kittredge in a movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hannah Waddington uh, from Game of Thrones and recently Ted Lasso. Um, is going to be cast has been cast in the movie, and I'm really excited about it because she's wonderful in Ted Lasso. Everyone on Game of Thrones rules, so I'm sure she's great. Whoever she was on Game of Thrones, <laughs> I recommend looking her up on Game of Thrones. I think what she's the girl, um, Hannah Waddington, H A N N A W A D D I N G H M A M. Let's see, uh, that's Hannah Washington. Sorry, hold on, <laughs> I got fat fingers. Um, she, she's, uh, I think she's the girl that says Shane in the, I can't find her (laughs) when the, when the walk, the, the, you know what she might, I'm trying to find out who I'm pretty sure I saw a clip where she's walking with a naked Lena Hetty. Oh, is she the shame lady? Is she? An I think older so. Lady? I think she's a shame lady. She's, yeah. oh, older she's lady. got a wicked face. She's got resting. I'm a monster face. She's great. She's terrific. She was also in Hocus Pocus too, apparently. Oh, so she's the witch at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's good. She's she's good. She's incredible in Ted Lasso. I, I love her. Is she a villain in Ted Lasso? At the, at first. Ooh. Um, I I I adore her. Um, might have a teensy crush on her too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Beetlejuice two. Hey. Supposedly filming this week. This week this year with tim burton attached to direct uh jenna ortega has been offered the role of lydia's daughter in the sequel that's awesome cool i i love beetlejuice i mostly really like tim burton i love jenna ortega so like hey she must have had a a good enough experience on wednesday to be like yo tim let's do this let's do this bad boy get the whole family back uh yeah be so interesting if we finally get Beetlejuice too. We're talking yeah, about it, it was, for so long. Yeah, it was going to be Beetlejuice in Hawaii for like a decade, and now like, well, nah, let's just get Jenna Ortega and do something less original, probably. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Mag's mentioning. Sorry, mm-hmm. just like talking about doing something with Mickey when he was a boxer. Oh, Are you like, talking like a period film? Oh my god! Like in in like the in like the forties. Ooh. Been 20s, to that 20s to 40s, yeah, like old school boxing that could be actually keep going further back. That'd be fun. I Rocky Five is so bad, anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it, not even it's, a little way it, it, There's a scene with Mickey, they did like a flashback scene with Mickey that just like assassinated that character. That's why you need a new one to unassassinate it, yeah, that's true. 
Rocky Five is Rocky Five. I I watched the trailer before I've watched each of them, so mm-hmm. I've seen the trailer for Rocky Five, and Rocky Five is so clearly from that trailer. Like we ran out of ideas and decided we needed to try and do Rocky again. Yes, they even got the director of Rocky to direct it again because I know like... they did. It's very clear that they just were like, "Let's make Rocky but uh, again, again." <laughs> and I'm like, "Cool, I love regression." Oh, I hate Pauly. Yeah, I mean I he's terrible, Paulie. but he's the worst in the first movie, and and Rocky never socks him. <laughs> well, he's worse in the third movie. He becomes a racist. Hey, racist. No, he was always a racist. We just didn't know. Rocky. No, we knew. Rocky again <laughs> rocked harder. Just because he didn't interact with a black person doesn't mean we didn't know he was racist. <laughs> That's fair. All right, Scooby Doo and Crypto Two. What is this movie, you may be asking? Ooh, well, I love, oh, I love pirates. I know what movie this is. I love pirates. Well, this is a movie that we didn't actually know was happening. Doesn't matter. It was canceled. However, it has been leaked online in its entirety. This is the first of the canceled uh, tax, tax credited uh, films that were canceled under the Zaslav regime uh, that, is, that has been leaked online. Yeah. It's wild. I'm I'm so grateful this happened. I came home from my honeymoon and it was on my computer. It's wild. But <laughs> I love it. I, I don't know how it got there, but it's That's there. so weird. It's so weird. Um, but it, it's Does there it, now. My favorite Does anyone thing, else hear the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song in the background? Or is it just me? <laughs> my favorite thing about uh, the modern era is once something is put online, no matter how hard you try to scrub it, you can't. Because once one person has a copy of it, then two people do, then four people do, then eight people do, and then 40 million people and do. People, and people for the past week have been doing reaction and review videos. I'm like, man. Yeah. It only took me two pages on a Google search to find burst. it, to download. I'm like, damn, that wasn't that bad. That was that hard. Uh, it's, I, I'm freaking Zaslav. I would have loved, I would have loved, I would I would have loved to see this movie. I know I can. Um, it's, I didn't know a crypto movie was happening with Scooby-Doo. That's incredible. And, 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 uh the scooby-doo fan base loves it so um and they don't automatically love every scooby-doo movie that comes out um the the like straight to dvd kind and all that they don't automatically love those we can't go we can't get in trouble for animation station saying a movie that's not supposed to come out right no we can't (laughs) um plenty of other people have been reviewing it yeah um uh we didn't download it we just saw it it's true um it was just on my computer it was just there uh that's what I'm saying. Um, I've heard I've heard so many positive things. I've seen clips. I've I've uh, scanned through it myself, uh, but not watched it. And um, it looks great. It's very well animated. Um, there's a ton of Justice League references. Uh, uh, Lex Luthor has a uh, evil canine companion named Rex Luthor, and I'm <laughs> really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm about it. Also, apparently, the characterization of Lex is apparently like A plus plus. So I'm I'm super stoked to watch it. Hell yeah! Next up, Batgirl. Remember, Super Pets happened. Yeah, it did happen. Do you guys know that? Quickly, do you guys know what the post credits of Super Pets is? Yes. Oh no, no, I don't. It's 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 the it's Dwayne Johnson playing Black Adam's dog and Black Adam. Black Adam's dog is like a Rottweiler, but he's and, he, and it's but, the Rock. Dwayne Johnson is also crypto, yes. And he's also yeah. yeah, yeah. Dwayne Johnson doesn't have that many voices in him. I like the guy, but like no, but imagine his enough. voice, but like a little bit deeper. Hmm. <laughs> That's crypto. Imagine his voice, but a little bit higher. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Black Adam's yeah, dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, so normal anyway. Dwayne Johnson, higher Dwayne Johnson, lower Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, yeah. We covered his entire vocal range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we did it. We did Ooh. it, guys. He's got he's got the he's got the range. Wild home on the range. All right. Suicide Squad kills the Justice League has been delayed following fan backlash. This is this is still, yeah that'll fix it. This is still well it's, yeah this is definitely <laughs> not this has not been full true announced like actually announced this is super rumors but like uh this makes sense uh the 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 word on the street is it's not you can't fix a game like this in six months it's, this game's been in development for almost a decade uh and been delayed before and it's been delayed it was supposed to come out last year uh people who think you can ch- change a game in six months are crazy that's like that's like a, an ant man and the wasp Quantumania trailer coming out and it comes out in two months and you're like that trailer looks bad can you shoot the entire movie in two months like can you just do that entire movie over again like oh so it's just it's just, it's just <laughs> fundamentally uh impossible so like it's the, what they have on their hands is a live service game that that is going to come out whether they like it or not so they're going to take an extra six months to polish the shit out of it to make sure it is bug free so it is not a marvel's avenger situation where that game launches with no content and it's broken so, like, at least the gameplay can be good and not broken. That's the least that they can ask for. Um, yeah. Uh, we've, we've talked about it off air before, but, like, the, the team's already kind of, not through their own intention, ended up shooting themselves in the foot because they dropped a trailer for this before the pandemic happened, which put a massive, like, delay of expectation DC on this fandom. game. Uh, and so we, we spent an extra long amount of time anticipating this game, and it's only getting worse and worse as they've had to push it back. Video game delays are always good, but, like, you start mitigating, like, how much t- how many times you have to try to promote the game versus the excitement for the game and that kind of thing uh, with every time they put it out. And the fact that every single trailer has kind of gotten a uh, reaction uh, has... <laughs> Has not helped their case. I, it's just we don't have to talk about this a lot because we talked about it like uh, when we, we when we watched yes, the trailer. You did a great yeah. job. But like the fact that they wanted to make a a live service game like Destiny, where you'll be playing it for five years, and you're like, man, I can't wait to upgrade my my dead shot for five years. Wow, I can't wait to get you know, Captain Boomerang's new boots for five years. Do you all want to know what game I would play if I wanted to do that? Marvel's Avengers, Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what he just had an expansion come out where you're the Green Lantern and you have like cool strains and shit. Oh, well. Remember when Remember HBO Max. The 5th of November? I'm sorry, no. what? Remember when David Zaslav decided that certain shows wouldn't be on HBO Max anymore and we all thought he was crazy? Mm-hmm. Yes, to be doing yeah. crypto too. Well, Batman Cape Crusader was one of them. I don't know if you remember. Uh, this was the new Bruce Tim, Matt Reeves. Um, Who's the Ed third Brew person? Baker. Ed Brubaker, thank you. Um, uh, animated series. Um, and he and Zazzle was like, you know what? We don't need this on HBO Max. Amazon has purchased it. Uh, they're going to uh, air it on their service. Um, and they've already ordered two seasons. I mean, I'm glad it's not dead. Me too. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. But um, Zazlov's a goddamn moron. He really goofed. I mean that's that's free. Like obviously they had to buy buy the rights, and and that's probably expensive because it's Batman. Batman, but that's free money right there, dude. That is free money. Uh, like they how's oh my god. Like I I can't understand, but I can understand getting rid of smaller shows to get rid of a Batman animated show. You are an infinity. You are Not only that, like a bat, stupid. A, a, a for all intents and purposes, what many Batman fans look oh, at as the spiritual successor of the greatest yeah. Batman animated series that could ever exist with. Like great directors and great comic writers, like the whole package, like it's just bananas. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I'm glad it's not dead, and I'm glad I get to see it. I yeah. would love nothing more than if, in the long run, this becomes one of Amazon's most successful shows. Oh, for Like, easy. right up there with Invincible. Yeah. And this gets Zaslav to lose favor with the shareholders. Oh, yeah. I really well, hope so. If they keep hemorrhaging, nice. if they keep hemorrhaging subscribers, it might happen anyway. Oh, oh no, I, they're going to get a bunch of subscribers because didn't you hear they're going to cut HBO out of HBO Max, so it'll just be Max. Cool, let's go watch it's Max. Not... That's going to make more people subscribe. Such You're a... getting rid of the brand HBO? It's not TV, Zaslav, it's HBO, bro. That's the brand. <laughs> what a guy. You know, honestly, I thought I thought that NBC was stupid for naming their their service peacock but honestly that might have been the smartest decision when you put it next to what the hell does aslov is doing with his max yeah dumb hbo is a quality name people like hbo hbo now and hbo go were huge services i'm done with him look i'll take peacock over nbc plus any day of the week how many more plus do we need yeah i'm paramount plus disney plus plus playstation plus playstation plus Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. Yeah, there's. there's yeah, I'm getting. Keep going. I'm getting tired of all the pluses. To be honest, I'm all plussed up. Game Pass Ultimate. Well, Ben, you gotta get Apple TV Plus. No, I do, especially because look at the shirt I'm wearing. Tetris. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Everyone's coming out the end of the month, and it's on Apple TV Plus, and I need to watch it. Dawn of DC has released some new titles. Four new titles have been revealed. The first will be Wonder Woman, written by Tom King, with art by Daniel uh, Samper. Samper? Real, real quick, I'm just slow clapping real quick, because Tom King hasn't done an ongoing series in years. He's only about the sweet, beautiful, incredible Maxi series. So this means big things if Tom King's on an ongoing, y'all. So this is, this is yeah, it's an ongoing. These are all ongoings, by the way, which I was uh, surprised about one of them, but I'll, I'll mm-hmm. get to that. Um, so yeah, uh, this is going to come after. This is going to be launching after a new, for the new number one after the eight hundredth issue, which will see um, the conclusion to the whatever happened to the Warrior of Truth, which is the current run going on mm. by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. Uh, so they'll conclude their title in issue eight hundred, and then Tom King kicks off in issue one. Love it. Great news. Um, basically, the plot is just to summarize. Um, there's a t- there's an Amazon terrorist attack on United States soil and the United States are like, excuse us, that's bad. It, it's basically like, like civil war, but for the Amazons, yeah. it's like, okay, so the, an Amazon did something bad. So we're going to hold all, all of Amazon's accountable to so Wonder Woman's like, she can't come to the United States, but she still wants to save the world. Kind of oh, stuff. so it's like nine 11. It's, it's up in who works at the CIA. So that's literally everything he's ever written has yeah. political war shit in it. So yes, yes. Uh, hot girl is getting a new ongoing series. Jadzia Axelrod is writing it with uh, Amonke? Amonke? Amonse. Uh, now, hmm, Nahuelpan. Yeah. I tried. No, you did. Um, uh, this will see Kendra Kendra Saunders um, going to Metropolis to try to begin a new life. Um, and then some bad guy shows up. Yeah, that's, yeah. This one sounded a little more like traditional, like, but it is interesting. Like, I agree. Like all, all of these are, they're all ongoing, but like, it's interesting that they're focusing on hot girl. So that makes me wonder if like, is she going to be in a movie? Are they, cause she's getting a big new ongoing. Cause that's usually these kind of these things sometimes work, but I don't know. 
uh, Vendetti's Hawkman was really great. I'm willing to give a Hawkgirl title a, a, a go. Yeah. Especially with like a new, uh, like a, a cool new uh, creative team. I love giving yeah. people, like, new people chances. Hell yeah. Um, oh, hold on. I'm sorry. I talk about that real quick because my dog wants to get down and she's blind. Speaking oh. of Hawkgirl, oh. Ben, remember Black Adam? Uh. <laughs> Our highest rate of video. Yeah. Ryan, yeah. you're genius. You just got us 10,000 views. <laughs> All we gotta do is mention. Wait, we mid. There we go. Now we got it. That's a nice. You know, no, no, hold on, hold up. It. It's like, hey, yeah, Black Adam. That was mid. There you go. There Ten thousand right. views right there. All right, sorry about that. Um, Steelworks. This uh, one's this is... crazy. <laughs> so Steelworks is going to be a new title uh, starring uh, Jeremy Irons and his daughter, um, written by Worf himself, the voice actor. For Steel in the DC animated universe, uh, Superman animated series, Michael Dorn is writing this ongoing uh, Steel series with uh, Sami Basri as the artist. Love it! I'm so excited. This yeah, might be um, that is really really cool. I don't know how much uh, uh, writing Mr. Dorn has done, but that is really cool that he's like that. They were like, "Yo, you wanna you wanna write the character you voiced." like hell yeah i do <laughs> it does it does feel like this wouldn't happen if he didn't have something to yeah to bring to the table yeah he's like i have a story in, in yeah. the circumstance of like they're trying to put some big notable things they want to take off in the dawn of dc and that this is included in that is like you don't do that if this is just like a, a random hey, thing or just you know thought it'd be cool because he voiced the, the, there's something here yeah yeah that's cool oh yeah um uh, so uh, Metropolis is the city of the future, thanks to Steel, and uh, as bad guys show up. What what can I give you actually from this? Um, uh, well, that's basically it. A lot of these descriptions are just long winded ways of saying they're in a city and then bad guy shows up. Yeah, I don't think they want to like reveal too much, so they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you know, the heroes are back doing their thing. Yeah. You know. Although I didn't know I... that John Henry Irons was dating Lana Lang, which is uh, in this oh. description. So that's fun. Hmm. All right. Actually, I want to say in one of the, I want to say in Gregory Peck's, um, Gregory Peck's action comics run, that's where they started dating. Gregory Peck. Gregory run. Peck no. to kill a mockingbird himself. No, no. That was really funny for a minute. Scout Let me tell you. Greg Peck. <laughs> Captain Ahab himself. Shut up. Greg Pack. That's you. I know. I know what you yeah. meant. It's just funny to think of Ben, and we're not making fun of you. It's just really yeah, funny to think of Gregory Pack writing I, action comics. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> he comes back from. He was like, "I played Atticus Finch, but also I'm writing Superman because I love comics." Damn it! Oh, the Superman quote is mighty funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even what Gregory Peck sounds like. I don't know. He's British. That's <laughs> really funny though. But yeah, um, as I was going to say, I'm actually really excited for this news. Um, I do enjoy, I do like Steel. I think he's a kick-ass character. I, um, when I was a kid, and I would, uh, and I, my parents were getting me the uh, what do call it, the Death of Superman books. You know, the World Without Superman and the mm -hmm. aftermath of and Reign of Superman. Mm -hmm. I was always excited to see what happened with Steel because I thought a Superman in a suit of armor like that was just badass. Don't forget the Shaq movie. Kazam? We try to. No. No, I, not. I, I... Don't do that. <laughs> Listen, he's been a superhero, a genie. Shaq can do it all. He's going to 
and icy hot commercials. For you know what? You know what? I'll I'm gonna throw this one out there. I really liked Kazam when I was a kid. Like I I as rented a, that movie from Blockbuster all the time. Yeah, as a kid, that movie rules. Does it hold up? I don't want to know. <laughs> Just leave it in the memory. We're Just fine. leave it in the memories. Um. Oh, <laughs> Grayson. Just like the history of Big Ben. Grayson, how dare you? Grayson, Where's your shirt? The same. The history of Big Ben is far more embarrassing. That's infamous. That is. That, that's <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> that's genuinely embarrassing. The Greg. The Gregory Peck thing is just a funny slip up. That's just a fun goof. All right. The Flash is getting a new ongoing series. Jeremy Adams has been asked, asked to leave, uh, the title after one minute war, uh, because they want to change it up. However, no bad blood there. He's really excited, uh, and he's going on to do Green Lantern, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, but the team coming on is Cy Spurrier and Mike Diodato Jr. Which Real is real quick, uh, Brandon. You're reading Legion of X. That's Cy Spurrier. Yeah. Uh, the thing awesome. about Cy Spurrier is that dude is a he's like a really heady, like really like ninth dimensional. Like he writes Legion. Like he's written the he's written mm-hmm. Legion more than any other person. Like that dude writes like complex shit, and he's gonna write like a fun family flash book. So like I've never seen him write something. He he like he's written like really crazy X Men shit before, and he writes he wrote uh, the newest Hellblazer comic, like the really beloved Black Label one. Mm-hmm. So like him doing a Flash book is so interesting. That's so outside his wheelhouse. So th- I'm really excited for this one. Well, so what it what it sounds like is it not necessarily outside his wheelhouse. He's bringing his wheelhouse to the Flash because mm-hmm. uh, they're ta- the description talks about how Wally has to deal with like eldritch horrors. Okay. All right. That's definitely all right. He loves him some odd cosmic horrors. Okay. Yeah. So like we're talking like cosmic gods, cosmic deities, eldritch deities. Like we're and 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 it. What the best thing about this though is that it's keeping Wally West in the in the front front and center and not bringing in Barry because Jeremy Adams was very adamant that his Flash run was a Wally West book and he was doing some great. All intents and purposes, I've been hearing nothing but great things about his Flash. Same. Um, and we were all and we're all pretty excited for like one minute war to come out. Yeah. So it's really cool that we're keeping that trend. We're not bringing back Barry. We're 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 furthering Wally. For sure, thank God. And that's really cool because like, I, I mean, I haven't I haven't read a lot of Flash in the last like decade. I really, but like, I know none of it's been like this, <laughs> like crazy <laughs> cosmic monster horror. Give me that. That's cool. Like the f- Speed Force monsters. I'm all about that. Ooh. Real quickly, um, I'll just read a uh, uh, tune sentence to a straight. Uh, something whispers from the dark vibrations beyond the speed force, and as Wally experiments with creative new approaches to his powers, he encounters new realms, mysterious allies, and mind-shattering terrors. I'm into it. Evil Me demons. Too. Speed force demons. I'm into it. Yeah. All right. Moving on to some Disney news. Bob Iger has some things to say about the MCU, uh, mm-hmm. as well as Star Wars. Um, so it just reads it's related to what we're talking about today. So I just thought we'd I'd bring it up. Um, Iger said that he isn't sure if returning to a character for a third or fourth outing is worth it. So you know we see sequels. He says like sequels do really well for us, but do we need to go back to the character for a third film for a fourth film? Would that be better served for with a space for a new character? Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I think it totally depends on on certain characters because like yeah. I think the trilogy. That's just like a movie. That's like movie standard, right? You know, like if like you want to build like a story, three is is the way to go. Um, we haven't had many fours, but the one we have has been, you know, it was okay, okay to bad in some people's cases. So like, I guess that this depends again. Like, 
we're on the 16th Final Fantasy, the 10th Fast and Furious. It really just depends on is the creativity and passion there. And when you're dealing with something like the MCU, where you're not dealing with, you know, just three characters, you're dealing with 7,000, you know, maybe it is a better idea instead of, you know, going to it for the fourth time, doing something new. I'm always of the opinion of going to do something new. Yeah, but I don't think but not, that, like, not always. <coughs> sorry. I don't think that the, the problem is like, oh, we really shouldn't return to these characters for another time as like the main character. It's just, is there a story to tell with that character at the center? At the center. If yeah. there isn't, then yeah, don't force it. Yeah. But if there is, then just because it's the fourth or fifth time you'd be doing it doesn't mean you don't do it. Yeah. You know. Because um, like Doctor Strange showed up a the, bunch, but he's had only two movies. This kind of like numbers talk is not the way I want Iger to really think about it. I want him to think about like, you know, rather than, you're right, like in the sense of don't force fourth and fifth movies, but also don't force movies with ca new characters just because you're afraid of fourth and fifth movies. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. tell the stories that make the most sense to tell. Uh, the ones that you actually have a story to do mm -hmm. rather than trying to force the narratives. And if it's not working, then maybe the character moves into someone else's movie or whatever. And like, I, I, I don't think this is necessarily 100% the right way to think about it. It's this. not just like black and white. Like the this, idea yeah. of like something should shift up because the quality is not quite working. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, but like, this is maybe not the right way I would phrase it. Yeah. I think part of the success of the MCU is, is those multiple singular movies that we've spent with characters learning learning who they are and growing with them uh, as well as the crossover films you know i think that especially the early success phase one two and three benefited from having those trilogies because we get to see a, almost a fully formed character mm -hmm. by the time we go into endgame so i understand that in the multiverse saga there's really not a lot of room for trilogies right now like we're not going to get like a what's the what's a, a shang chi trilogy before secret wars comes out yeah um but also like i don't think that would be wrong to expect a shang a third shang chi film after secret wars well you know? yeah and i mean like he does say like yeah i yeah i wonder i'm, I'm wondering like what the question was that made him like say this specific <clears throat> way of saying it because like <clears throat> Again, like how many we've made nine Star Wars movies, and like I would say, like a, like most of those like people like. So like, it's just like it's not just as black and white of like, oh, you you can't make four well, movies sure. of the same franchise. Well, like, sure, but I think he's thinking of like Marvel as franchise the same way you think of Star Wars as franchise, and he's talking about specific characters. Like, do we really need a a third? Let's just say, like, do, in his mind, do we really need? Maybe we do need a third Doctor Strange, but do we really need a fourth? Yeah. And I would say to that, like, if you have a story, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you got a story for him, yes, yeah. you need a fourth. Like I, this, it's that simple with these comic book characters. These are not characters who live on the same timetable as other film characters. It yeah. has to be kind of reallocated. And like you can think about when are people, when is it right to bring people back? And also in the terms of Marvel, I think they need to think about longevity a little bit. Yeah, maybe Doctor Strange Four doesn't need to come out in the next like, you know, eight years. Yeah, but maybe it's something that comes further down the road who knows yeah. yeah and benedict's in a contract he can't do anything about it <laughs> uh, but I speaking, mean, like, I, I, speaking of like things like rocky balboa or or like other legacy sequels like there has to be room if you're thinking about marvel being on a long timetable to think that like these kinds of things can happen mm -hmm. that you could want to bring a character back to the center of a film even if they've appeared in crossovers intermittently in the years between like long after we've last seen them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
speak the Ryan, you brought up Star Wars. Iger also had this to say about Star Wars. Um, the company is being so apparently. So apparently, Iger is suggesting that the the Walt Disney Company and Lucasfilm are being very careful about what the next Star Wars film is going to be in the wake of Solo. He specifically used Solo as an example that Solo underperformed, and therefore they don't want to rush into Star Wars film. Real quick, uh, they reshot the almost the entirety of Solo, and that's the most expensive. That's like the most expensive Star Wars movie. They so also that's, released it at the wrong time of the year. Yeah, so that's not even like that's not even that movie's own fault because you decided to double its own budget. Well, no, because... they're blaming they're blaming Solo because they are they are absolutely unwilling to admit that Rise of Skywalker was a failure. Yeah, yeah, they just won't. They yeah. will not admit that they screwed up the ending of their sequel trilogy. They won't. They yeah. won't admit that that didn't work. Now. Yeah. Um, in the wake of this, or no, and not in the wake of this, this happened just before, um, but not long before. Kevin Feige and Michael Waldron, the Star Wars film, because uh, Kevin Feige is producing a Star Wars film, Michael Waldron is writing it, um, no longer happening, it's been shelved. Uh, and Patty Jenkins' Star Wars film, which we last we heard she was still working on, well, not anymore, it's been shelved. That's, um, that, that's, that's a bummer. Taika Waititi's film is still in development, and he's likely to star in it. And Sean Levy's film, we don't know. We don't know if that one's still going. Well, I wonder if Taika's is like is like small enough where he can still get to go make his own little silly sci-fi, like you know, Star Wars movie that yeah, he maybe. starts in or whatever. Yeah. I mean, also next week we could hear that Taika Waititi's Star Wars film is canceled. Hundred percent true. One hundo. Yeah. I think it's a real bummer for Patty Jenkins and for fans that they did a whole thing of announcing that Rogue Squadron film. This isn't as much like just the news that you and we, you know, we talk about. Patty Jenkins had a goddamn video uh, yeah. where for their convention where they announced Rogue Squadron and everyone was really excited because people have wanted that for a long time. Yeah. So that getting shelved is a huge, and huge then bummer. After all the Wonder Woman baloney that was happening, she was like, yeah, I'm still, I'm still working on Rogue Squadron. Whenever we're ready to do it, it's going to happen. Not, not anymore. And that's yeah. just, we just don't know what the right stories are that should be movies. I mean, Kenobi was right there, but you know, we just don't know what the right stories are that should be filmed. Well, they blame Kenobi as a show because of Solo, because they were like, "Well, movies aren't working. Let's do a show." Sure. Well, I man, I just and shows aren't inherently the problem. It's just like you gotta, you gotta give a shit. You gotta put effort. Yeah. yeah. You gotta make it a show. Yeah. And or couldn't be a movie. No, Obi Wan, Obi Wan should have been a movie. Yep. I mean, at least in production quality level, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. What if season two had some news? Um, I thought this was kind of cool. So Marvel shared the first look at the MCU's first wholly original superhero called uh, Kahori. 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 K a h h o r i. Oh, I looked this up actually. It's yeah. it's not it's not it's pronounced weird. Hold on. You go you keep talking. Well, uh they're going to be featured in an episode of season 2, which is going to deal with what if the Tesseract had fell to Earth um and, and landed in the sovereign hmm who hmm who How do you know Sonny? Are you looking at it too? Yes, I am. Yeah. Um a Native American uh, area confederacy before the colonization of america got it cahorti so there's Cahorti. no t yes this is this is their official press release there's no t in the writing but it's pronounced cahorti cahorti all right then 
I'm looking right at it. This was their press this, release. I took a picture yeah. because this stood out to me, and I was this like, is, "That's weird." This is cool, and you actually have like the information there. But like, they actually like met with like the people of this of this tribe, and like they got like they made it like as official and as authentic as they possibly can. So it's not just a it's bunch the, of it's the Mohawk Nation. Yeah, the Mohawk Nation. So like, so it's not mm. just so, like you know a bunch of white people creating a Native American character. So like, again, like what if? could be like still another for me like i i that first season's baloney that second season could also be baloney but at least they're trying to do really cool shit and i will give them credit for that 100 percent. that's really cool i hope, I hope the second season's an improvement i do too i think the i think i've always been curious how long it would take marvel to create a superhero uh and and now i have my answer wait a second this was you said this was this is the mcu's first original yeah does so not like, based on not- any not based on any any other super oh, any other superhero character, right. not based on anything else. This gotcha. is completely original, built from the ground up. That makes sense. So I was like, what about Layla? But she's based off the the, the sparrow or whatever. Yeah. Called, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Red Sparrow? No, that was a movie. Sc- Scarab. 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 Yeah. Ben. <laughs> Trying to scare him? <laughs> Just Trying to wake him yeah. up. <laughs> Uh, Daredevil Born Again. This will wake him up. Daredevil Born Again, the 18 episode uh, series coming to Disney Plus. John Bernthal is returning as the Punisher. Yay! Awesome. I shocked. wasn't I wasn't I wasn't surprised. Mike Coulter and Kristen Ritter did not reshare uh, images of themselves at gyms with little devil emojis around the time of this and like although uh, the post about I it. did see like speculation about Chris Emitter, but there was no confirmation about her. So I'm just waiting for that for next week. Well I I've always there. figured John Bernthal would return as the Punisher. I didn't think he'd return in Daredevil. Um but I guess it makes sense. I you know why it would make a lot of sense? Why? If Karen yeah. Page was there. Yeah. Well if, so if anyway everybody was there. So anyway, let's since since you brought that up uh, Elton Hansen and Deborah Ann Wool, who played Foggy and Karen respectively, are not returning to the series, and it is Ooh. unknown what it is. Uh, ben, it is unknown whether or not their characters will be recast. Uh, I don't believe. Okay. So, so the terminology that they have is that the sources could not say yeah. whether they were in it or not, which doesn't mean that they're not in it. Just not those. It episodes. just means that they're not. They are not listed as far as they know. Mm-hmm. I just firm. I just. Kevin Feige specifically and Marvel is so good about honoring, like, say, like, again, Black Bolt showed up, showed up. Like, of all the characters show up, like, getting that guy as Black, like, they're gonna, like, you bring back the Punisher, you're gonna bring back all those other characters. Like, it's only, it's only fair to those actors, and it's only fair to the fans. I just don't of think those shows. I don't think Kevin's that stupid. Yeah. Like, if, if they're not in the show, that's one thing, but these characters won't be recast. If they're yeah. recast, like, Oof. and there's like there's other real quick Brandon. there's other actors that were cast in and people are saying oh this is the recast of vanessa and i'm like i don't think they're gonna recast anyone that's crazy why would so, they so they did recast vanessa this is confirmed um it. vanessa so good sandrine holt has been cast as vanessa as vanessa fisk the character was originally played by uh a alet zurer in She's- the netflix series uh, who is who is uh, uh, I forget Cal El's mom, but she was in Man of Steel as the mom who blew up on Krypton, and oh, yeah. she is so good as Vanessa. And you need and again, like the, the, this new Vanessa is probably going to be great, but like that Vanessa is so good at being like the evil lady who loves her evil husband. Like, well, and we don't we don't know it could have been scheduling conflicts. Too. It's true. That is so true. here's so here's so here's here's my thing. I don't believe I'm with you guys. I don't I don't believe they're going to be recast. I don't believe they're in the series though because I have a feeling that we're 
the MCU for some reason has been kind of moving away from like normal side characters, not wholly because obviously we saw them in She-Hulk. Very happy about that. <laughs> we'll get to actually we're going to talk about that uh, later. Um, but uh, but like some of the more kind of high profile stuff, like the the non-powered side characters are kind of being shuffled to the side for some reason. Um, I could believe them not being in the show. I don't believe they get they would get recast. The Vanessa thing does worry me about them being recast. But Sparks is right; it could be it could be scheduling. But yeah. my counter is: there's 18 episodes. You can't find room. You can't find That's room for Karen. Like you, it, real quickly, sorry, I'm, real quickly, I'm still still kind of real quickly. Just Karen and the actors who play Karen and Foggy have been very vocal about wanting to return. Deborah and Will specifically, even for years, and you couldn't find room in 18 episodes. Well, that's that's the thing, right? Is that like eight episodes compared to eighteen? It doesn't. That's where I'm like, I don't totally buy that they could just not show up in the show. So we know the shooting schedule. It's gonna be. It's it's a lot. It's it's a long ass time. It's not. They're not shooting for two months. They're shooting for like an entire year. 18, 18 episodes is a long ass. You know, especially for like hour long shows. Like it could be that they 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 don't show up for for the first half of the season. Like the first eight months of shooting, they don't need to show up. So like, I just. It's just weird to me that if you're doing Daredevil Born Again, this seems like a soft reboot of that entire Netflix thing because we know the Punisher's involved. So like, I don't even think you can. I don't even think you can pretend like the Netflix show isn't supposed to be even at some level in the back of your mind canon, even if they'll never say like the exact details. She Hulk had the or one to one percent. She Hulk had the theme. Like it's it's there. Yeah. you can't just like act like it's not. I just, so I don't think they'd recast these actors, yeah. and I don't think that this is the death knell saying that these characters aren't in it. Vanessa, as much as I like her, like she is uh, in the scale of all the in quote unquote important characters, like she is like you can recast her and that would be more okay than like than like a kingpin himself. But like that character is really important, especially in that last season of Daredevil. And I'm like, I want that continuation of like where that final episode was, where all those characters were. And I'm like, eh, as long as It'll the actor's see... good, I guess I'll be happy still, but you know. It'll depend on if the rumors of who who they've cast as Electra turn out to be true. Elodie, here's Elodie the young. Thing. It was so good. Here's the thing. I think Deborah Ann Wall and um, what's his name? Oh, I'm sorry. My thing went to sleep. Eldon, Eldon, uh, like Ben. Um, Eldon Henson. Eldon Henson. Uh, I I think that they define those roles in a way that, no offense, I don't think she defined Electra. Um, sure. And I feel like there's still room where you can kind of redefine Electra. Um, especially with a middling audience response to her dominant second season. Um, mm. Whereas those two, I think you have to bring back. I think they do did define those roles in a way where they, they need to be back. I um, personally... I would prefer she's back as Electra. Yes. I'm just saying like the, the bar is like, you know, those two and the main Defenders characters. And then anything under that is like, you could... Let me tell you why I like her. Uh, much like Echo in Hawkeye, I think it's a great performance, and I think the character was not given a lot to do. I don't. I think she herself. I think Elektra is incredible, and her being an actual Greek actress and Elektra is Greek. I bet you they're not going to get another Greek actress to play Elektra. So I'd like it to keep it in the family. If you can, please. I'm a Greek man. Let me get some Greek love in here, please. I thought Elektra was great. What they did with her in that season and the Defenders is different, but like she's an incredible actress. So like I want her back personally. No, I her chemistry is I, on fire. I also want her back. I just think she's in a different tier than uh, Eldon and and uh, and Deborah. Sure, sure, sure. 
this is i'm not gonna lie i know that i know that spark specifically is trying to kind of like make this not sound so dire and i agree and i'm i'm i appreciative of that and and the casting of the casting or recasting of two actors isn't necessarily um uh on the 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 list of things i should be worried about but it is it is concerning and if they are not in the show i will be disappointed yeah and again 18 episodes is is like what are you doing in that show if if matt doesn't have his homies that are like in all the comics like those are people are in the comics that's like that's like yeah. uh, it's especially like Superman not having Lois. Like, what are we doing here? Especially with the where the series where the series ended, and then you kind of get you you get what you think is a payoff, and She Hulk being like, you know the, you know because uh, he doesn't mention them by name, but he does talk about his partners. So Karen and Foggy, yeah, yeah. Uh, Grayson uh, in the chat, Ben, keep keep mm-hmm. keep watch on the chat, Ben. Yep, um, that's what I'm doing. Grayson says, I want to see more buddy-buddy stuff with Matt and Foggy. It'll give us much more relatability if we have the friend character, and I completely agree. Yeah. I'm not ruling it out. I think that there's still room for them. I'm ben, how do you feel? Yeah. I I mean, I hope that they do show up in the season. I when they first when I first read the headline, I was like, How dare you, Disney? Because as much as I love um as much as I love Daredevil, as much as I Daredevil isn't Daredevil without Foggy and Karen. Mm-hmm. Those two bring so much to the Netflix show, and they bring so much to um, Matt going through his life as being a lawyer and being a superhero. Without them in it, I think it's kind of it's kind of I don't want to say insulting, but at the same time, I think it's a bit of a crime because you need both Foggy and Karen to bring Matt down to earth. Essentially, you need him to be there to like to kick him in his pants when he needs to be kicked or like to put him in the, on the right direction. It's like, Hey, you're going through some shit. Let's talk. I'm just so trying to think I, like, who is the supporting cast then? Who is he hanging out yeah. with for 18 hours? Like that's crazy. Yeah. That's and, and the thing is like, there's just no world where you can tell me and convince me and I'll be shocked uh, that if it happens that Kevin Feige doesn't want, as many eyes as possible on the Daredevil series. And like, if you're going to have Karen and Foggy in it, then you're going to have these actors back because you want that Daredevil audience to come over. And it's not like it's going to hurt the new people who might be watching it without watching those three seasons. If you are doing a soft reintroduction, if all these other people are here, you can have them back too. Why would you shoot yourself in the foot? It just, I I don't believe it. Kevin's not usually one to uh, ignore what he knows fans love. It's true. All right, Sparks, I'm going to put this in your head. What if it's not Feige? What if Nate Moore has usurped Feige? No. I mean, you're you're right. Like, if this does happen, I, I, I would not be shocked if Nate Moore said, you know, we just felt like this was the right direction to go. Like, he'll come out like one right. week after they officially announced the casting of new actors. And they'll be like, this just this just made more sense. I'll be start. like, well, Nate Moore is just out here to destroy the MCU. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <clears throat> All right. Talking about Daredevil. Uh, keeping in Daredevil, uh, Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto's run will end in August. Hell yeah, man. That guy's been on that book for years. He uh, Having a solid run. Uh, Daredevil has had the most solid runs of almost any character in publication history. Isn't uh, that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, the only bad run I can think of is the sh- is the Shadowland arc where Vegan's possessed by a demon and takes over the hand. Um, and even then, it's got cool stuff. It's not, like, awful. But, yeah, um, he... 
he did the greatest thing that that's happened in Daredevil like modern history, I think, and he turned Electra into Daredevil. And Brandon, you got me that awesome pop. I think that Electra costume is like one of the greatest costumes of the 21st century. It is it is incredible and sensational, and she's got a beautiful scarf and the horns, and it's part her costume, part Daredevil. Love it. Uh, everything great comes to an end. Um, I love um, Charles Soule uh, posted like, oh, I love it, Chip. Every time somebody ends a Daredevil run, they burn the place to the ground for the next artist. And I'm like, that is fun because they always like, how can I put this character so far into the ground so the next artist has no idea what to do with them? That's like one a fun my, challenge that the writers always do. One of my favorite things about Daredevil, I was going to mention that, is that every single time a writer ends their run, the character is in a far worse place than they started, and and it and it become it it became an unofficial official game that you, if when you end your Daredevil run, it's it's got a, Charles Soul not to spoil Charles Soul's ending. Daredevil's dead. Like Charles Soul kills Daredevil. No, like flat out. There was no the 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 the, the comic ends with a, just a, a line, and then Chip Sadarsky came in and like they got him back. Yeah, he got, everyone comes back to life. Um, uh, so like I, I I love that I think that's I can't wait to see what he does yeah um my favorite thing about Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run is that um it was like is in the 70s or 80s but Daredevil had an imaginary tw like twin brother that he pretended to be to get out of situations so he's like yeah I'm Mike Murdoch I'm not Matt Murdoch and then because of crazy like demon magic Matt Murdoch became or Mike Murdoch became real and he became an enemy of Daredevil during the uh, the Devil's Reign event where he's hanging out with Kingpin as a, as a bad guy. And I'm like, you're fighting your evil twin brother, Daredevil. It's just, comics are great. Um, this is, again, like, Chip Zdarsky has, I don't think I've ever read a bad Chip, Chip Zdarsky comic in my life. So good on you, boy. Good on you, Chip. The Incredible Hulk, speaking of comics, um, is getting a new comic book run uh, that will start after the current series wraps up at issue 14, written by Ryan Otley. For those of you who don't know, Ryan Otley took over the book when Donnie Cates abruptly left after issue 10. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We now know why he got a divorce. Uh, by oh, the time didn't. I didn't know that. That's the bummer. Yeah, he, he, he left uh, both Thor and Hulk because yeah. of his divorce. Yeah, I, I, did, I, I did, didn't. We did cover that briefly in the news a bit ago, but I get, I get forgetting it. Um, yeah, Kate's Kate stepped away. No, I know he stepped away. I yeah, know yeah, yeah. We, we didn't talk no, no, about no, no, him no, 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 no. We did, we did, we did. Yes, we did. Yeah. We briefly touched on it. I remember Brandon bringing it up, oh. but um, uh, it 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 was not like a hot news item. Brandon yeah. like said it in passing. Yeah. Um, but he did uh step away. It's it's very sad. Uh, I I know a lot of people have been like kind of in the lurch on like what what where they're going with those titles now. Thor was great. I read two issues of his Hulk, and I'm like, just not for me. It's cool. I don't. This is not. This is the book I want to read. Just not for me. Thor. Thor was had taken over because Ryan Otley finished. Was doing fourteen. Who took over Thor? I forgot her Nick, name. I think it was Nick Klein who was also. No, famous. Nick Klein was the artist. The 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 Jane Valkyrie writer. Uh, the Valkyrie title that it really. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it, but that sure, person sure. took over. Sure. Took over uh, Thor. And anyway. Um, well, because Ryan Otley's run is, is coming to an end, uh, they're going to relaunch Hulk with the Incredible Hulk uh, with Philip Kennedy Johnson and Nick Klein, uh, who will probably be doing double duty on Thor. Hell yeah. Um, this will see Hulk... Uh, real quick, this is short, so I'll just read this one. Um, the So basically... 
As an, as an enraged Hulk tries to take control of Bruce Banner's body permanently, a mysterious immortal turns every monster in the Marvel Universe against Banner in an attempt to free their cre the creator, the primordial mother of horrors. With the help of an unlikely new friend, Banner and Hulk must try to stop the world from getting plunged into darkness. It's very much more of a spiritual sequel to Immortal Hulk. Yes. Uh, I have a, a quick quote that I also want to read because I read this entire interview with him because I'm really excited for this book. Uh, the work that Al, Joe, and the rest did with Immortal Hulk was so impactful and spoke so clear to me personally. It was impossible to come up, to not come up with an idea that the uh, to with 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 that thing. We're getting back to Stan Lee's Frankenstein, Jake and Hyde inspirations for the character and giving readers another proper monster book in the Jewish Hulk tradition. And then somebody on the Twitter comments posted, I absolutely love the original TV series of Bill Bixby, where he's going from city to city helping people. And, and then Philip Kennedy Johnson said, this is exactly that with monsters. And I'm like, cool. Love it. It's more, I, I, I think it was a mistake. I understand why. I think it was a mistake to do such a radical jump after Immortal Hulk because so many people love that book. I think that book is, is incredible and great. Uh, and I think after the whole being so regular for so long, you should have kept with that trajectory instead of go big and weird sci-fi and the Hulk is a spaceship body and like big cool stuff that's just, you know, wasn't for me at the time. I'm sure in a year I'll read it and I'll love it. Uh, this sounds more of what I want. I will, I'm, and, and Phil Kennedy Johnson is killing it. His apparently is his multi-year Superman run uh, is incredible. So like this guy is doing great work. Uh, I'm excited to pick up issue one. Yeah, real quickly, Ben, if you want to bring up Grayson's Grayson's comment uh, mm -hmm. right now. Already did. He says, might be a dumb question, but do you think there is any chance we'll see Amadeus Cho in the MCU? Yes. I don't, his... I don't know when. Not a we dumb saw... question at all? No. Uh, we saw absolutely. his mother. Oh, sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. We've met his mother. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he... yeah. Um, we have. <laughs> Grayson, yeah. I think everybody eventually will show up. He will show up sooner than a lot of other characters. I don't know if he'll show up in this phase, if I'm being honest. Mark, um, Mark Ruffalo's old, and they want to have a Hulk around. And they can't use She-Hulk all the time. And it's good diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah. I know, I Brandon, my, 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 yeah, was uh, in, in the terms of Helen Cho, was like, yeah, we saw her, but like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we retcon out that she's his mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, real quickly just mention on the Incredible Hulk uh, comic book. I am looking forward to it. I love the Immortal Hulk. Um, Philip Kennedy Johnson, of the books I've read of his, I have not been crazy about, but I've not read his Superman. What 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 was the thing you read? Aliens was the last thing I read, which wasn't very that, good. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's fair. I haven't heard good things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't read Superman yet. All right, trailers. Aren't they, sorry, real quick, because you brought up aliens, aren't they, like, relaunching Predator again at Marvel? Yes, yes, they're treating, so Predator, uh, Alien is doing this now. They did, like, a solid 12 issues, and then they did, they canceled and did another six. Now they're doing another six. Um, Predator did six and is now doing another six. And I, but they're still Predator, it's still just titled Predator, so, I'm like, why don't you just keep going? Stop. They they want people to, to jump in. I read issue one of Predator. It was totally fine. Well, I, I read I, Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, but when I saw that they were doing the 
that thing because you know it's it's i'm sure it's great for people who walk in off buy off the rack but it's terrible for people who have polis because you got to keep adding a new predator series every six months so yeah. i just figured i'll just get the trade uh just read it in a trade yeah okay trailers pull on in trailers trailer park trailers and tell me about the machine <laughs> This was a couple weeks ago. I I, I took this off the tra the trailers a couple weeks ago. Do you know Mistake. about Do you know about this, Ben? Oh yes, I do. Oh I've good, listened I'm to so his, I've listened to his special multiple times. Right. I love the story of the machine and the fact they're making a movie based on the machine with Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill playing his dad makes me very excited for this movie. Look, I'll be honest. Like, I really love his stand up story about the machine. If this movie didn't have Mark Hamill in the trailer, I'd be like, okay, all right, I guess. That's looks like fun. A, looks like a fun time. Uh, Mark Hamill being absolutely unhinged uh, in this has me like, nah, all right, I'm, co I'm cool, I'm in. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I probably agree with that. I'm sure without Mark Hamill, it would be a totally, like, it totally looks like a fun 7 out of 10. But, like, Mark Hamill being the goofster that he is and it's like being unhinged, like, that looks like a damn He's the mother effing machine. <laughs> I really like... I really like Bert too. That guy's that guy's uh, really funny. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, we've we've gotten to see like Mark Hamill do some live action stuff. I haven't seen him having this much fun in a role since he Jay showed and up again. Bob. No, I was gonna say since he showed up again on the Flash series. Oh, Trickster. Uh, as Trickster, and he seems like he's having a blast on this. Um, and when the trailer dropped, he was very enthusiastic about just like having a great time. So that really puts me over the moon to want to see it. Me too. That that was really cool when he showed up as the trickster again. You're right. Like, and he had a great time. And he's bringing a lot of that. Like, not he's not being the trickster, but he's bringing a lot of that energy and a lot of like I'm just here having a really great time. Um, and that's awesome. Not to say like he hasn't had a great time on other things he's done since then, but the, there's a different kind of character commitment that he's allowed here that i'm super excited about yeah mm -hmm. it is the director of uh of uh some key and peel stuff in keanu that key and peel movie fart yeah that's so, awesome oh, that's nice keanu. um i had this originally on last week but because the two of you weren't on last week i took it off uh, so i'm actually glad that sparks put it back on hell yeah i'm super excited about this, so this I, is it, I think it's great the blackening yeah yeah the blackening uh wild i really hope it's as good as it seems like it can be um yeah because there's some there's some stuff in the trailer that's not landing for me and then there's some stuff that's like really landing for me as funny yeah the, um, the playing into like like stereotypes of horror movies with black people and like having a full black cast with like a full black creator team, like they're they're joking about. When they it all like walk in the basement, and they're all like, "Oh no, no, no way!" <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, this is this could be a really fun." You know, almost in a way of like scream, or like they're acknowledging like tropes and stuff. It's like she's like, ah, "Guys, we gotta split up." No, it's like, like it's it's like a one quality tier level above like scary movie. Yes, of of seeming like it's actually doing some really good stuff without doing like flat out parody. It's like saw. It's like Saw meets uh, uh, like so like Scream. Like it looks uh... when they open the board game and it's got the black face right in the middle of the board. Man, I... yeah, I was like, oh, it's just I think this Jumanji. game runs on racism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ben, no, I was gonna quote the joke too because I that was to me the one of the funniest oh. jokes. Or even when they're trying to, 
Oh god, when they're trying to figure out. Oh, I like that. Like, you can't you can't sacrifice me. I'm gay. Oh shit, he's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who is that? And then they're and then they're talking it's like, "What? I'm not the blackest. I I do this. I voted for Trump." <gasps> Twice. <gasps> and then <laughs> And then they all go after him. This looks yeah. really this looks like this could be a really good time. And yeah. I really like that they're playing with the with like the horror tropes around black people to, to do a funny take on it and something that's like again like that kind of notch level above parody because i think if it was parody it wouldn't be working for yeah, me. yeah but, but the fact yeah. that it's like quasi sincere but but a comedy is taking itself a little seriously really yeah. really really working for me yeah um, yeah, yeah I, I really enjoy it i'm hoping for the best it looks like it could be fun yeah no hard feelings Oh, this looks like a, just a charming good time with my BFF, J-Law. I'm glad she's back. I'm glad she's doing weird things. Personally, I thought this was very fun. This looked very funny. No, it looks funny. I, I, I also really like the weird appearance of Matthew Broderick in this. Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I think that it's nice to see a trailer for this kind of movie. Yeah, it's like it's like like a like a like a sex rom com. Like, yo, we need our 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 incel college man to go on a, to be like a like a he's a grow up. So she goes on a date with this like 19, 20 year old, but like, ooh, maybe, you know, I don't know if she'll fall in love with him, but like she'll definitely open his mind and open his horizons to be like, you know, a more experienced person. It looks just mm -hmm. really funny. I think also like just uh, kind of different from the usual parts of this is Jennifer Lawrence's kind of going back to her earliest roots, which is this commitment to physical comedy. Yeah. Um, uh, for those who don't know, she got her star in the Bill Ingvall show where mm -hmm. she did a lot of physical comedy. That's um, and uh, this is usually in these scenarios. It's the guy who would be getting treated like this with the, with the pepper spray and the getting decked in the throat, but her doing it is really <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could be really fun. I, I'm it's, glad that he's doing it. I'm glad a movie like this is getting made. It's been so long since we've had a raunchy sex comedy. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I thought this was very fun. I agree. Um, very great. Lord of the Rings Gollum. So I only left this in because it's not that the game looks particularly good. Um, but I kind of am impressed at this point because we hadn't really seen a lot of the world stuff uh, that they they really interpreted the designs in their own way from from the books um, yeah. rather than trying to look like the movies and i just kind of want to give props for that because i think that's pretty hard to do at this point with lord of the rings to stray very far away from it, it really does feel like they tried to just internalize what did they picture in their own minds as a collective unit from the descriptions in the books without putting the movie in their head and i appreciate that uh, i wish the game looked like it was going to be a better game yeah the only positive thing i will say about this trailer is i agree i think it is cool that they were able to find their own art aesthetic for lord of the rings you know something that's been that we've seen multiple times of um i think this game looks awful i'm just i'm just being honest I, it looks like a game from 15 years ago this was the first next gen game announced years ago and this game looks like it came out 10 years ago and it's not even out yet. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate them doing something with the license. This looks like a bad stealth game from the Xbox era. Like, it looks... I don't think it looks very good, personally. I also, when I was watching this trailer, what the same thing I have to... I, I'm going to echo the same thing you guys said. Designs of the characters, designs to make it look different from the, from the movies. Top tier. I like these designs. Everything, when I was watching this gameplay, I was like, I don't want to play as Gollum. I don't want to play a stealthy Lord of the Rings game. 
I don't want any of this. This is for me. Yeah. Mm. That's okay. All right. Silo. Ooh, I, I love I love Fallout. So uh, this game, this actually gave me a lot of vibes of like, um, just the way that they talk about it. Like this is it's not going to be the same thing, but like uh, the kind of way that you would imagine like early Zion in the Matrix. Oh, sure. Where like we don't know how it's like this. We don't know what happened. We just know it's terrible out there. Um, and I kind of love that that like. Again, it's not it's not the Matrix, but like that idea of exploring that kind of point in a story of when they're learning what happened. You know uh, what it reminded me of actually? Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, but Silo Edition. Sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very similar because you're dealing with characters that don't know. Um, and I think that same same deal here, like yeah. this this concept of but like through generations of lack of knowledge about it and this you know in theory like I, I assume at this point in the show is where they're going to learn like what did happen what what are these things and i think that would you know uh that that's an interesting story point to explore apple tv plus mm, i believe so yeah, yeah. yep apple yeah this TV has plus. a lot of a lot of good actors it looks like high production rebecca value. ferguson is the lead and she's great oh my god elsa faust herself great name elsa faust love it yeah this looks this looks again like Man, Apple TV Plus is a real last streaming service. I got all the shows now, man. Uh, speaking of Apple TV Plus, the big door prize. Think? Oh, sorry, Ben. Oh, Silo. Um, looks looks cool. Looks like a, these things really don't interest me all that much because it's like, oh, we were hide, hiding away for hundreds of years. We don't know what's out there. It's like, oh, okay. You I hear mean, that? Does... You hear that? Audiences. Ben hates the Matrix. Hates it. <gasps> hates it hey that movie has giant floating robot sentinels then this one probably doesn't so Check what if this one did for ben's actual opinion on the matrix <laughs> <laughs> hashtag positive hashtag positive i'm not gonna the, the big door prize yeah I, okay i really this wanted one. this one on here because uh i just think it looks uh really charming and cool just a chris o'dowd one yeah 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 what was i know what, what was it again so it's like this this machine shows up that tells you your that's potential. right, your potential. And it, how it's affecting people. And Chris O'Dowd's like, uh, like it, it kind of reminds me of like this modern-esque uh, twist on uh, the the very, very base premise of The Giver. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Which is where The Giver, you know, like Color. in that world, you you are told something of, of your life early on. And, and this idea of people like rethinking like, oh yeah, it gave me healer, which really means I need to focus on like spiritual healing of the self. And it's like, or maybe it you're means a, you're a doctor, you're a doctor like you are now. Uh, yeah, I I do like the I do like the message of it. It's like you know, like oh, this is a thing that will just like it'll discover everything you need to know about yourself. Instead of like oh, maybe you should discover it on your own and try to be your own person. And I'm like, I, I can do that. So I think one of my favorite things about it, just as a, an original TV show, is this seems like a fun concept. No one knows where this machine comes from. Yeah, um, and it tells you supposedly your potential. And Chris O'Dowd's whole uh, little bit in the middle of the trailer where it's like uh, he's like, I don't know. I never really thought about if I was happy or not. And maybe I liked it better that way. Maybe. And I, I think this is just like an interesting point of storytelling to do. Uh, I I just think it's very, very charming looking. And uh, I think it could be very endearing. When I, was, when I was watching the trailer, I was most scared that it was going to turn into a like a freaky horror movie where the people where people in the town were just like going all batch of crazy to get their life potential or something. We scarred more... Ben with the trailers we freed him watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just compl- yeah, yeah, you guys have scarred me. Damn you all. Um 
but I was. Remember we saw the trailer. I'm sorry. Remember we put the trailer for Marcel the Shell with shoes on, and he was like, "I thought this was gonna be way worse when I saw it because of season four. Real quick, real quick. Did you see the interview between Marcel the Shell and Brendan Fraser? It's so cute. Where he almost like starts crying and listening to her. Oh, it's it's just so beautiful. You should watch it on YouTube. I need to I need to watch that, but yeah, because every because t- because of you guys showing me certain movies, every time I see a twenty four, I pucker up a little bit because I'm like, uh oh, what's gonna happen? Right, but this is an a twenty four. No, no, this isn't is this isn't a twenty four, but it is a very charming trailer, and this looks like a charming film that I actually would be interested to watch because it does deal with a certain thing. It's like, what's your life's potential? It's like if you knew what you could do, would you do that instead of with the life you are? And also I do like the joke where the wife is at the da- at the thing. She says, I'm going to be healer and I'm going to do spiritual stuff. And he's like, but you're a doctor. You do that already. So <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. Cool. looks great. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm glad you liked it, Ben. Um, I really am. Simulant. I really only wanted to talk about this because I'm happy to see Sam Worthington's face in a movie. Um, his real yeah. face. Uh, it's it's nice to see him. There's nothing special uh, about this movie. Pass. <laughs> I may have missed it. That's fine. Ben, you're not missing anything. Cool. <laughs> poor poor Jordana Brewster and and Sam Worthington. And That's Robbie how I, the, I absolutely no disrespect to all these actors in here, but the second I saw who were the main people in the side peel, I'm like, yeah, this is this is definitely a, a, not a big. And also, real quick, Grayson, these guys have burned me so many times now. It's not just a one-time thing. Like it's Darth Vader at this point. <laughs> uh, it's, it's multiple. Ghosted. We love you, Ben. You know who else I love besides Ben? Chris, Chris Evans. Evans? Well, I mean, sure, but Anna Armas. <laughs> sure. That man, talk about boy howdy, perfect, a perfect uh, angel. Uh, this is like she's also gonna be a ballerina. Like I think I love her doing action. Again, she was in that James Bond movie, and I was like, I wish she was in this movie so much more because she's so good at being like a charming action person. Um, so to see like the roles reversed, where she's like the action star, and like Chris Chris Evans is the guy on the date. Uh, <laughs> like I love that. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, I think this looks really charming. Looks really expensive. Is this Apple too? Apple TV Plus. Holy yeah. shit! This is entire trailer park sponsored by Apple. Uh, Chris, it's it's nice to see Chris Evans doing flat out comedy again. He's really great. He's always mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's comedy action, but like him going like full comedic again yeah. is really really nice. Yeah. And they have great chemistry, which we know from Knives Out. So uh, just just like mm-hmm. playing off each other, they play off each other well. So it's cool to see them here. Is this a movie or a TV? This show? is a movie. This is a movie. Uh, and it looks really, really good. I yeah. agree with everything you said. Like uh, Anna Darmus getting to do more action is great. Chris Evans getting to do more comedy. Have we reviewed an Apple anything yet? No. Nope. No. Can this be our first movie that we do? Maybe. It, there's a lot of competition at that point. Oh, uh, maybe not. But I just want to. I, I just want to finally <laughs> dive into the Apple. We are. I, we are probably going to do a Fickner's watch for that Godzilla series. Oh, that's. I think that's so far enough away, though. Maybe we could do a cinephiles for Tetris if anyone wants to do one with me, because I know yeah. damn well I want to do one for Tetris. Yeah, we cinephile. I forget we can just do that I, on our own. So yes. I mean, if we're doing a third review, I will die on the hill that Tetris has to be the first one. But of course, that's just because me and I'm no soldier's bitch, and I love that game. So. Oh no, Ben! Yeah. I will happily. I just wanted an Apple thing to do. Like I will gladly yeah. watch Tetris. I didn't know it came out first. That's fine. Yeah, but I will also agree. Ghosted looks great, 
And I'm just going to say that I am happy to see Chris Evans doing more funny, more stuff. I'm obviously he's not Captain America anymore, but because I've seen him in so many Captain America things, every time I see Chris Evans, I go, Oh, it's Captain America. But I am glad to see him doing more stuff because I loved him in knives. Obviously, I loved him in knives out. And I'm excited not to see this. So the gray man. Ben, here's a realistic, here's a realistic one, not a stupid one, Ryan. Um <laughs> Did you ever see not another teen movie? I did not. Okay, Banana in his butt. That he is a that it. is a parody movie, Ben. Uh, oh. And Chris Evans is very funny in it. He plays the the hunky jock boy. Sticks a banana yeah. in his butthole. Yeah, he does. Um, um, I, did you ever see Did you ever see that movie with Freddie Prince Jr. with Freddie Prince Jr. The she's all that she girl she. She, she's the man. She's you. The man? No, that's Amanda Bynes. No. It's she's all that. She's all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. they made it with he's all that. Yes, she's all that. Um, uh, the it's 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 that, but funny. It's, oh, a, it's, a, it's a scary movie type movie, like a parody yeah. movie. I Go watched ahead. that. I watched that movie. I watched not another teen movie because it was under the adult section of my parents' pay per view, and so my mom was like, "Why did you watch the adult section?" I go, "Just for not another teen movie. Why?" So what's movie. that? Is that a is that a porn? I go no. It's for teens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I'm really excited for this. Honestly, I think this was really funny. Um, the Little Mermaid. <sighs> I will it's say colorful. it's more colorful than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that I was about to say that. Brighter and more colorful than some of those early images. Yeah, but. But everything else about it. Um, I don't want to be too mean. I'm sure the movie could be good. Like I, I want to put my whole my whole faith into Disney. I love Disney, but like, it just didn't. The, the singing is great. Like she's an undeniable talent. Nothing felt magical to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. And like I... making it super realistic, like the crabs, like like Sebastian. Just like I get it. I I get it. When I saw the first image of Sebastian, because I saw the image first before I saw the trailer, because I was watching, I watched the Oscars and the trailer that premiered at the Oscars didn't have the Sebastian Pelican Scuttle. dude, Scuttle, Scuttle. a bit, uh, and they, but it was in the trailer online, and so I saw the image, I was like, oh, that's Sebastian. Like, Scuttle's fine. I, you know, I, I honestly thought that when I, because I saw a thing on Twitter, I was like, this is the first image of Sebastian in the movie. It's like that's just a crab, you liars. I thought I was like, I'm not gonna fall for this, and like. Oh shit! They were real, and they're still hiding, hiding, what, what, hiding, flounder away. <laughs> what else did we expect? No, you, I flounder know. does look. No, look. I know, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Maybe don't make a live action Little Mermaid then. So I've like, got two things. I've got two things I want to say about that. One is I actually thought it looked better than I than I anticipated. And I, sure. I was actually really into the trailer. For the most part, I think there's enough. There's a nice energy to the trailer, and it actually got me. And a few parts interested in seeing the movie because of how colorful it looks prior to the first images that we were seeing. The second thing I want to see is making a realistic Little Mermaid made me really upset when they do the uh, when they do the the part of your world with the wave thing. Not because they recreated it, not for the reason you're thinking. Because I kept imagining when she like thrusts herself up that she scrapes the bottom of her fins, and I was like, Ow. oh, ow. Um. Melissa McCarthy sounds much better as Ursula than I anticipated. Sure. Yeah. I just looked up to see who played Ursula because I'm like, because Ursula is kind of what sold it, sold it for me to go see the movie. 
yeah. mean, I know I was going to go see the movie anyway because you know it's Little Mermaid. I freaking love that movie, the the, the original one. But when I saw, like, even just like the bits like of this little Melissa McCarthy's eyes, I'm like, oh shit, that looks really cool. She's honestly looking and sounding better than I thought she would. Yeah, good. yeah. Um, she's I'm she has her I'm, she has her own take on the Ursula laugh in there that I was like, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. I can tell that's you, and that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I can tell you and I can tell it's Ursula. Yeah. I feel that she'll that she'll make Pat Carroll proud, or she would have made Pat Carroll proud. I hope so, because um, I, I honestly, I kind of think in some ways, if Ursula works, the movie will work. Uh, mm-hmm. That I feel like that's kind of true. Little Mermaid's one of those where I think it's actually maybe a little bit more defined by its villain than it is by anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if Melissa McCarthy pulls off Ursula, we're still going to come out pretty net positive on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like if everything else is just kind of like, yeah, all right. But but she like knocks it out of the park. The movie's probably going to be like, yeah, pretty good. And it's Rob Marshall who has directed plenty of good, unfortunately good and bad musicals. So like. What I will say, though, is um, what what gives me pause personally is there was just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of this trailer that was shot for shot of the animation that they are trying to exactly recreate it. And I'm like, I just don't need you to do that. I think there are Uh, certain shots. Yes. Go ahead, go for it. But it was a lot of them. And I'm like, I'm just not seeing the same like creative freedom. It doesn't in the uh, design of it that I saw in the Peter Pan and Wendy trick. doesn't have the magic. If I may, you know, the iconic shot where she's on the rock and she finally sings part of your world and the wave comes up. Ow. (laughs) I really, really feel it. Yeah. I don't know why, but when the wave comes up, it just felt lame. So here's, but here's the thing that we've been talking about when it comes to these, when it comes to these live action interpretations, the problem with the Lion King is, is this, you can't take those kind of big creative swings if you're trying to do this realistic thing. And that's why it feels like, oh yeah, wave breaking, not that big of a deal. Can I tell you why the wave thing looks wrong, Ben? It's because it's one of the only shots in the trailer that isn't shot for shot the same. They're on another side of her and the camera is rotating. Uh, Mm. The shot in the animated film is from the opposite side of her Mm -hmm. and it's still. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that it's in motion while the wave is in motion is why it looks weird. It doesn't allow the wave to just be the thing that is motion that's making the the shot look big. It's very bizarre to me that like the shot of her coming up out of the uh, water in the sun with her hair and the shot of the fireworks outside the porthole in her so many shots I can name in this trailer that are exactly the same. Uh, That that one, the most iconic from the little mermaid is actually different is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To me, it just felt like it was, they just had someone was on the side and they just threw a bucket of water to imitate (laughs) the wave. I don't know why, because I get it. I get it. In animation, you could do a whole lot more epic stuff because obviously that shot of her and the wave breaks and she's still in the center of it and it looks awesome because that's where she hits the big crescendo of where she uh, finally says, no, I'm going to be a part of this world. I'm in love with this guy, yada, yada, yada. And then this time it just, it was just like water. Like someone, has, like someone has, like someone has super soaker when they were just going, we, I, yeah. I don't know. And that's the kind of thing where like, you're right, Ben, you can't do that in live action. So don't. Yeah. And this is again, like a movie I don't particularly like, but I wish this movie kind of looked more, looked more like Avatar the way of water. Like <laughs> now I know what a really good underwater movie looks like. And I'm like, no oh, shit. Now I'm spoiled for at least underwater shit. Cause I'm like, no matter how much I like or just like, like, man, Wakanda Forever didn't look that good. This movie's not going to look that good. I'm like, man, modern movies ruined James Cameron. You ruined them. 
Well, I mean, Aquaman thankfully looked really good when that came out. Uh, Aquaman did look really good. You're right. Aquaman at the end of the year, only nine months away. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. There we go. I, you know, it. you know, I like a trailer when I get close with the camera. Holy shit, you guys! <laughs> oh, holy, holy shit, indeed, you guys. We gotta win. Yeah, it. this looks good. I think this oh. looks incredible. Oh, this looks fantastic! And you know what? The one of the my biggest compliment I have to say when I'm watching this trailer, and I never can't believe I never thought about this when I would watch all the other TMNT stuff throughout my entire life. They actually feel like teenagers. Yes. They're so, actually using the teenager bit in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're so, acting like kids, and I effing love it. I I agree with you. I think that they that comes across, and I will say it comes across better than the thing I'm going to say. But the other very popular current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon right now, the one that looks really incredible, Rise. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, okay. they are like teenagers in that too. Um, they awesome. focus on that part of their characterization. I just know you haven't watched it, Ben, but like it, it's it's been done, and I'm glad they're doing it here. And I think they are doing it more here than even in that show. But but it's it's been there. It's good. Yeah, the uh, I just love the vibe. Also, like a tribe called Quest is my favorite like rap group. So like anytime like a song of theirs, then theirs is used in a trailer, I always love it. But like having this be like young kids just like practicing kung fu, like like stepbrother style, like you want to do kung fu in the basement but they're like actually good at it um great like the entire like what a stacked cast like everybody's great and the kids too like i don't know all the kids but like one of the kids is from good boys which is mm-hmm. the movie we all like yeah. um i think it's uh, this movie and again the animation like how do you make spider-verse look even better like what is good how does this movie look this good holy shit uh wow yeah. wow wow and it's we, a style uh, that really looks good for the turtles yeah uh there's been a lot of chatter online about this animation style and and you know how online people can be. They can be spoil sports, sour pusses, however you want to say. I really am in love with this animation style, and I don't think that's going to end anytime soon because it brings such a freshness to everything it does. Um, you know, and luckily, when we see an animation style like this, the story has been there too. The animation has not always been the sole defining factor of these things. Mitchell vs. the Machines is an incredible movie. It was my favorite movie of the year it came out. I adore that movie a thousand percent. The director is directing this movie. I'm in the seat. I'm in the, I'm there day one. Love it. Oh my God. Seth Rogen and John Cena are Bebop and Rocksteady. Those two, those two goofballs are hanging out together. Give me out. Give me a break. Love it. And now Ben, Ben, I like I'm not like I'm familiar with the turtles, but I don't have like a huge like like uh, love for them. But playing Shredder's Revenge and you fight every single villain in the in their roster, I now know all these villains. And I'm like, oh shit, Rose Byrne and this guy, this guy. I I need to replay. I mean, we're gonna be replaying Shredder's Revenge for Base Arcade Posman or not Posman for Base Arcade eventually. Um, I have been talking to Grayson about that. Grayson, we need to get on it. I know you're still here. Um, uh, what should we call it? But yeah, I need to replace Shredder's Revenge because I was talking when the cast list was released last week. And I was talking about it with Brandon. Thanks to that video game, I know most of these villains because I was surprised there was a name I did not see on there, and that was Shredder. Yeah, Shredder. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember you guys talking about this last week, which it, but I think it's a good idea. I, I agree with mm-hmm. what Brandon was saying last week, which is that you want to save Shredder because you have faith that you'll make more. And yeah. I think it's good to not go, especially with the amount of turtle stuff that's already been out there. Uh, in terms of films 
to not go Shredder first. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Turtles does have enough interesting other characters you can put into play as adversaries to the turtles that we don't need to do shredder out of the gate yeah and like mm -hmm. again like having him be your big bad like if you want to franchise this and make more movies and like yeah don't start with your big bad like there's like 12 villains and i'm sure all these villains like they're not all going to be like the main villain but like introducing this many villains means they can show up like in any movie like it's it's mm -hmm. awesome i think it's great the exciting thing for me it who not familiar with the turtles not really i've seen a couple episodes of a tv show i saw the the first bay film i know he didn't direct it but you know um but so i and, and the 90s film because we did a impossible movie trivia challenge where we tried to um the all these characters are characters i've never heard of except for bebop and rocksteady i know them um but like so like seeing this list I'm excited to get to know characters because it's one of the things that I really liked about the MCU when it was first starting and still continue to my comic. I don't know a lot about a thing. You're going to tell me about that thing. I get to learn more. Yep. And that makes me excited. You learn all about Ray Filet. Played by Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They, we're going to pick a silly name for a silly Ray man. I love it. I just can't wait. I mean, I this gives me a reason to replay Shredder's Revenge. This gives me this. I'm really I love the animation style. I know we gushed about the animation style earlier. I want to gush a little bit more. I love how the the, the turtles sound. They sound like teenagers. They sound like kids. They are kids. Mags in the chat saying that they cast legitimate teenagers playing teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Bebop, Rocksteady, John Cena, Seth Rogen. I am so ready to hear Jackie Chan as Splinter. Yeah, to me, me that's it, to me that's inspired casting. I don't know why we never thought of him as Splinter before. Uh so yeah, and even Grayson, he's here saying, "Give him a deadline. He's ready to go." Let's. Well, I'm ready where, when's that movie come out? We'll have it done before then. I'm ready for some turtles. Yeah, I, I am, I am very excited for this. Um, oh, and yeah. this animation style has a way of getting me immediately excited for anything. Oh yeah. So. For a while, I'll 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 be there no matter what what if you're using this animation style, I'm gonna be there. Hell yeah! All right, hell yeah, Ninja Turtles. Shall we talk about Screevy? All right, time now to talk about Scream Six, aka Screevy, as it is. Uh, uh, affectionately called on the Fickner podcast. Um, this will be full spoilers. So if you've not seen the sixth ent entry in the Scream franchise, you can. Once again, the cinephiles for the screen for the previous Scream films we've talked about are down below. You can check them out. Uh, but we're going to be talking about Scream Six. Full spoilers. What for real think about this. For real. If you care, leave. Smurder happens <laughs> in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. What do we think about this? <sighs> I love it. I also love it. Ben? I love it. I like it. Okay. God damn it. What? God, God damn it, Brandon. This is what I need. This is what I need. Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania and this are both eights. Loved it. Like it. I don't... Here's... I don't... I don't... Go ahead. I, I'm here's... excited to talk about it. Let's go. Here's the thing, because I don't like three... I don't like three stars. Sure. If you really want, if you really want to understand my letterbox, it's I don't like three stars. Three stars are for movies where I'm just kind of all right about. Outside of that, I have to look at three and a half or four. And if you're not at three and a half, you're four. There's no way around it. That's why, honestly, one reason I don't like letterbox. 
I don't really like the ranking system of a letterbox. I'll be honest. I just kind of do it arbitrarily. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I prefer the one through ten. I, I, yeah. I, I, here's, I really here's don't. the thing. I think comparing like all movies to all movies is always stupid. Of course, so, like, of course. You know, it just makes it whatever. harder on a five point scale. To do. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just funny. Um, yeah. Now, I, I will, I will say, I, I just want to, I just want to be very clear. There's only one thing that I'm rubbing up against, and my mind could change at the end of this. Rub, rub, rub. So. We don't normally see a movie so quick to review. We normally see it at least a day or two in, in reverse. Like in, in, We saw this movie a couple hours ago, so I'm still processing it. But I always know my gut feelings, and, and my gut feeling is that I love, I love this movie. Um, I, I like all the, all the core four is great. I like all of our new characters. I, I, I liked our, our villains, and then I grew to love them once everything was revealed uh it's just like it's a great sequel it's a great legacy sequel it's a great requel it's 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 just another great scream sequel and i'm just i can't believe this franchise continues to be as good as it is like just i thought it was just just so much fun and brutal so brutal if i may this movie continues the fran continues the i'm gonna call this a franchise trope of scream where you think one thing it subverts your expectation five seconds later and then it subverts it again two minutes later Mm-hmm. especially when you get to the climax of the film, the very end of the film. Cause I thought that the killer was going to be this person. And then I thought, Oh no, maybe it's actually this person. And then it's revealed surprise. It just constantly, you're essentially, you're standing on like three rugs and you're constantly to throw in, pulling the rug out from under you. And the second you think you have decent variants, here's another twist or here's another rug pull. And you're like, Oh shit. I never, I never saw that coming. And uh, I unfortunately got spoiled who one of the killers was by an actor himself. Uh, and that's still, and I'm someone who like, I, I, spoilers are a big deal for me because I love movies. I don't want to know shit going to a movie. This did not ruin the experience whatsoever because there's three killers in this movie and I could not have predicted that at all. And I loved it. God, family, love it. They're almost the core four. Thank you, Ben. Thank, you're right. Sorry. Five four. That's the, but Greg didn't kill anyone. Yet. No, I know that we know. No, 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 because he says I, I was getting blue balls, so I needed to practice and which implies that Greg has not mm. done it yet. Okay, fair. Okay. So we have we have Tony Revolori and then the three family members. We have four killers in this movie and I love that. I, I love it. It's almost a theater troupe. Almost. No stab the musical. I know. I'm, I was it's not like a negative on the movie, but I was really expecting at least I blame something. I blame the marketing team for that one because they released that that like holiday theme poster to amp people up about the release of this film. And in it, there's a marquee that says "Stab the Musical." So I'm like, "Yeah, great. The that makes a lot of sense. That would be really cool." And the then it's like, "No, nah, that's not part of this at all." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, unfortunately, a little bit of a bummer." <laughs> maybe it's a deleted scene somewhere. That's nice. All right, maybe. Brandon. I mean, you you set it up top, so I gotta know. What what are you rubbing up against? I don't like the killers. You don't like the killers? Like, no. just because you don't like them as people? No, I don't like the reveal. I don't like their motivation. I don't like them at all. I don't think they work. Remind me, how how, how much do you like Scream 2? I don't. I actually don't remember. I really like Scream 2. Okay. 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 Because I love Scream 2, and this is very much just doing a Scream 2 again, which is, which is right. in line with this being a sequel to Scream 1, you know, like doing the seg- legal. So, like... Now I now there's I have a tendency to back myself into a corner and be far more negative than I really am, and it must be clear I really like this movie. I had a great time in it. Um, the, this this I think I like this better than Scream Two. But as far as as far as this movie goes, as far as criticisms for this movie, I just don't think the killers worked for me. 
Okay. Sure. And now that said, I am here, much like Ryan was with The Last Jedi, to have my mind changed. Hmm. Because I want to like this movie more than I did. Sure. I just don't know if there's anything we could say to change that. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, I really like the opening. I want to just talk about Oh, hell opening. yeah. I think... Oh, yeah. I love Ravioli. I think... Uh, uh, man, Samara Weaving, like, you know, the moment she's there, we're like, oh, man. There it is. There she goes. Love her. I was, honestly, when she shows up, I'm like, no, please, no. And and I'm glad you brought that up because once again, you know, I, I there, there comes a problem at the show where I back myself into a place of being far more negative. But uh, I need, need to, once again, my, my desire to be clear, my anxiety, if you will. I, the opening of this movie is incredible. I, I was, I was, I was, when when Tony Revolori kills Samara Weaving, I was like, oh my god, are we going to get our first ghost face reveal in the beginning? Is that going to be the movie? Is we're going to know yeah, who okay. ghost face is yeah, from the so, beginning of the movie? That the answer is yes. That was going to be the movie that was going to happen before other killers got involved. So, yeah, and so I think that's really, I think that's brilliant. So the moment when he he stabbed her and was still standing over her and we hadn't cut the title, I'm like, yo. And then he bends down and he takes the mask off and I'm like, yo! Yeah. I, I was so excited. I was giddy as a schoolgirl, honestly. And the fact that it was Tony Revolori who I called yeah. from beat one, he's a killer in this movie. Um, I don't care that he wasn't the main killer. He was a killer. He still I killed. was right. Um, I love that. And I love this there's a there's a lamer more shallow plot that they were going to create being super super reductive of uh, the killers of fans. the past yeah and the fact that they get killed before they can enact their plan is so good and like you can't beat the opening where it's like what about continuing the movie? Who gives a shit about the movies? He stabs him, and then you get the scream tile card. I was like fantastic maybe one of my favorite scream openings ever yeah um, you know what i will say this is my favorite scream opening because what like i said earlier constant rug pulls constant you think one thing it it turns you around and gives you nothing because i was just like you spark i thought this was gonna be the first movie where we knew who the killer was from the first scene and i was like holy shit how are we gonna see them like plan shit out how are we gonna and then when he started talking to um general ortega's character i'm like oh no so i was i the panic started to set in and then you hear the ghost face modulator i'm like oh shit it wasn't He's even not that. gonna be for me ben it was the moment he walked into his house and went honey i'm home yeah greg and yeah. then i'm like oh they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna die now. And I was I, like when when so when Samara Weaving answers her phone and this attractive man shows up and like the voice comes out as Tony Barbara he's like, that's not the picture that was on her phone. Um <laughs> yeah. and and uh I, so I thought when when we heard the noise, uh the, the voice modulator turn on, I thought it was the Scream 3 voice modulator turning off. And I was like, oh, is, is the ghost face killer going to be, be using voices again? Are we going to go try that trope again? Uh, and then and then I remembered it was the sound effect that we heard in Scream 5 when he right. turns on the voice modulator. Also, on the note of that, when the movie's starting and we get the call to Samara Weaving of, of you know, I'm I, Reggie uh, calling from the place, and I was listening to it, I was like, oh, man. That sounds like Tony Revolori. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, 
that's gotta be like and so when he pulled the mask off i was like oh thank god like they're not <laughs> they're not hiding that that was just him using his regular voice love it um Greg, uh, greg's in a fridge greg's in a fridge um super super good uh i think that I think that our our returning stars, our core four, are mm-hmm. all excellent. I'm really glad, as Jenna Ortega has talked about, that she has like a full arc and personality in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She deserved it, and I think the relationship between, uh, excuse me, between the sisters is really really good. I think the relationship between mm-hmm. all of them is is really good. I agree. I agree. Oh, like, yeah. like their chemistry, like not just because they were in the last movie together, but like they feel like they feel like real friends. Like their there was a scene. There was a scene that I really liked later on in the movie that uh, has it's after it's after they were attacked in the apartment and uh, Mindy kind of like sitting there's like I don't want to get hurt again and and like and and Chad sa- says I don't want I don't I don't want to get hurt again either and uh, like they have this kind of moment of vulnerability of like I don't want to go through this again this is yeah, awful yeah, and like <laughs> yeah. and like that that kind of like. Sydney obviously became much more of a character who um, was like, you know, I'm going to face this head on. I'm going to kill Ghostface. Uh, and it's really interesting to see like, these four characters kind of like, I don't want to do that. I want to just, I want this to be, I want this to leave me alone. But I live my life. because they're a family, they're like, no, we're going to, but we're, we're with you. You bring up a great point, Brandon, because um, I think specifically with Mindy, I had, we when we did our five cream review, I talked about this plenty where I felt like Mindy maybe didn't take the events quite as seriously as I felt she should have um, for the, the facts of trying to be like Randy again. Mm-hmm. And in this one, at the beginning of the movie, I was a little nervous. We were still in that space with Mindy. So getting to have that scene where she's like, you really don't want to do this again and like you're getting to like the later half of the film where she's really going through it i'm like okay no like she's she's she can still be a film horror nerd and live in the moment and, yeah. and acknowledge like the danger of this um yeah. and she's not the same character from the first one who's her way. who's her lady friend An- An- annika annika, annika. annika. Rest in peace. she goes out dude awful. she got not only she, she got stabbed but then he did a thing where he ripped it up and she still lived long enough to fall off and break her neck yeah, that was awful <laughs> yeah what a tough lady um yeah i really i really i think the kills in this one are are incredible um there's a lot of really brutal brutal murders and you know the the directors here are doing what you know wes craven did so well which is kind of keep keep the audience guessing what's going to happen so yes annika got stabbed but she's not dead yet we're going to prolong her death um, because because we want you to believe that she can probably make it out because we've seen people recover from stab wounds. Yeah. But then you pull the rug out from under as Ben was saying, no, or she's she, or the ladder, and she <laughs> dies. I, uh, I whether you think like wherever you rank this on your scream movie list is like your own opinion. I think this is the scariest of all the scream movies. I think this is like I was so tense in this theater. Like this is the most tense I think out of all the movies where it's just like. They're just always in terror. No matter where they go, they're never safe. Notably, oh. notably in that same vein, this is the least funny. And I don't think that's a necessarily no, he, bad thing. This yeah, is yeah. the least funny screen movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good one. I, I don't want to say I'm desensitized because after essentially marathoning these films so we can talk about them before this film comes out, after especially after like three and four and five, you kind of get a sense of 
I don't want to call it the scream formula, but it's essentially kind of like a scream formula where you know the killer is going to pop up somewhere. You know there's more than one. In the case of three, there's only the one. But you have a bunch of these killers coming up. You're, you're, I have to agree with Ryan that this one, I truly felt in dread for the characters constantly throughout the movie. Like, yeah. no, like even when they're in their own homes, like you in the beginning of the movie, you see um, Sam lock all the have that many deadbolts in her door and yet the killer got in one of the things that i think i think really helps this movie is to feel like to to kind of differentiate itself from the other scream films is that it it knows scream scream films have always kind of like we know they know what you're going in for so how can we move that how can we move away from that how can we prove that this is a a, a more ruthless killer if you notice well yes ghostface still gets still fumbles it's not as much as he normally does it's not as much as previous ghostface has it's not as funny um the tension building scenes uh there's two specifically the apartment scene and the train i think are spectacular oh my I, god that train i was really hoping and praying that the train sequence especially with mindy when they get separated and Minnie's on the train and you see all the ghost faces and you see the, the, the ghost face people on the train, just look over and just stare in their direction. I really hope it was just like, it was the trailer subverting my expectations. Maybe it's like, I mean, obviously I'm expecting them to get stabbed, but maybe it's just, it's a red herring and they get stabbed elsewhere. But damn that. Yeah. The, train, the train scene was incredible. Honestly, yeah, I that, think, that I think worked. Those two specifically that I mentioned, the apartment scene and the train scene are, two of my favorite scenes in the franchise and i will say that is also a great job to the directors and also how's the scream films you constantly are guessing on who the killer is i didn't think ethan was one of the killers because he was on the train yeah and when mindy got stabbed i'm like oh no he can't be because this this clears him surprise surprise he is what there's three of them there he is one of the killers yeah i think I think I would I wouldn't like the killers as much if there were the only, if there were only two, but having three it it makes it makes the mystery of who the killer is so much spicier because like you see a lot of the people on screen so you never really know who to trust especially in like like the boyfriend character and like yeah. and all that so like mm-hmm. having it be like three and be a family I think like perfectly it's also, worked. Perfectly. It's also our first fake out of a victim being one of the killers. Oh, absolutely! That's yeah. how completely. Oh my god! And she's the most psychotic. She's like Amber. She's crazy. Is this the is 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 there a scene where the where Detective Killer Man says that he lost the son prior to this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, because there's a line. There's a line uh, after he after the after um, Gwen Gwen di- dies, um, quote unquote. Where he says, "Now I've lost both my kids," and I thought, yeah. uh, th- thinking back on yeah. that, I thought maybe that was him slipping up. But if that was mentioned before, then so it's not. He mentions it at one point, and Quinn also says when she goes in to talk to um, Tara that um, when her brother died, her dad moved to New York and became a cop there because of right. uh, being a helicopter parent. And so like, that's kind of the coverage is the, the those mm-hmm. references to the brother dying. So it's, it feels very normal the way they slipped it in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but they, but they all know that like Quinn had a brother who died. They just didn't know, you know, everything about to that. be um, the guy who tried to kill. Uh, yeah. Um, I, cause we were talking about the subway thing. I was really glad that it was two subways 
instead of one. Oh yeah, the trailer uh, did a good job. Which in the trailer yeah. was that they were all in the same one. The fact that it ended up being two in the movie kept like a lot of suspense to the scene. 100%. I think this is maybe one of my only particular gripes with the film is that when they're so committed to wearing the masks of the previous killers to do the killings, uh, the fact that he's wearing... Sorry. Uh, that they're wearing a store-bought mask when they stab Mindy on the train was a little like, eh, okay. Mm. I guess. Because they are going in order, and that is the one time they're like, eh, not this time, though. So, like, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah I get that. Uh, but I I, uh, I don't want to get to... I, I want to talk about, like, the killer reveal uh, uh, stuff a little later. Um, I really like the relationship dynamics. Uh, I like Annika with Mindy. I'm glad she's, like, got that relationship. I think it added a lot. I like... Um, I like uh danny as a character like the the new boyfriend for sam um i think he's really great uh especially i was glad you know like we went this again like repeating scream 2 to an extent we went the same route like the boyfriend is suspicious but uh uh not the killer and i really like that he was a person who was like uh don't trust anyone not even me and he's like no 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 i get it josh cigara who we most recently saw in she hulk yeah dude is like one of the most charming men on the planet. That dude just got—he's got like I got—I got charisma out the ass. Like the way he I talks, really, he's so cool. And I really I like, like the- his voice, and I'll—I'll I'll, you know, like I'll—I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll go back to his earlier his earliest role that I remember him when it was Adrian Chase and Arrow. Prometheus—he's he's so he's, good in that show. He—he's very good, and I really—I really liked him in She-Hulk. And I, I again, like I'm hearing like Sparks was saying, just my final things because then Sparks wants to say something. The the thing of like the fact that that he was like. I get it. I get I get it. You don't you don't need to trust me. I'm I'll go. I get it. I'll bring backup actually. It, it played it played exactly on the right level of like he had just enough presence where it's like you could be a really nice dude who's trying to be supportive and understands it. You could also be just playing the angle just right to yeah. keep the right amount of distance to be the killer. And like they kept that really, really nice space, but I was really glad ultimately that I'll tell you was what. a good guy, especially after the latter scene. I was like, man, it's gonna really suck if you're one of the killers. Like I knew he was obviously gonna be more important in the movie, but like when he's first introduced as like, oh, he's a neighbor that I never talked to. I thought the moment when they first kissed, I thought she was just having such a bad day. She just I thought that too. she just pulled him in for a kiss. Like, oh wow, I nice, think they want to throw nice you for that also. You. Yeah, it is a great reveal. Of like, oh, actually, we've been doing this for a month now. I think that is a great, great reveal. I love it. Yeah. Uh, real quick, because we got Grace in the chat. He says, real question, Ben, how's the hair? Hey, it was great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we watched. <laughs> we watched. <laughs> yeah. And then Mag, of course, says, love how they brought all the props, costumes in the warehouse. And then he goes on to say the no stab through the mouth was the one that got me. Oh, my God. There's eye stabs. There's head stabs. There's mouth. There's, this, is a, this is a gross one. <laughs> this this, this um, was. Um, I want to talk about the shrine real quick. Because I sure. love, because the trailer, I thought the shrine was something that Gale built as not as like a shrine oh, to the killers. Ooh, really? Or something that's like, it's a reminder of what she went through and like how Batman. they need to. Well, what's count. weird is the trailer says this is the killers. Or maybe I just misheard that. It, it's probably because I possible. just. Yeah, I probably just misheard it. But when they find the shrine, like the, the spray painted ghost face, what's your favorite scary movie? And all the artifacts from all the um, from all the films, I love that scene. Yeah, I yeah. I really I I don't know if it's because I just because now that I've seen all the films, it's like oh we're we're seeing everything from the past films, but also like all the kids can. I feel like this scene was really good because the kid the new kids 
really felt the weight of how long this has been going on and how long people have taken up the ghost face mantle and terrorizing a certain group of people for so many years. Well, what one of the things that I think is, re- is really interesting going back to, 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 to what makes Mindy a stronger character in this film is, is when she sees uncle, her uncle's, when she sees Randy's clothes and, and she has this moment where it's like, Oh, Hey, here's uncle Randy. It's like, this was uncle Randy's the kind of like realization, like, Oh, our uncle was killed because of this. Yeah. And someone's yeah. collecting all of the shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, uh, I enjoyed oh, I like um, that too. Uh, it was either before or after that scene, but like when they're uh, they're hanging out with the detective and they just have the entire wall of all the killers and all their motivations and everything. And I'm like, wow, look, that's the whole franchise just on this board. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, it. When it. When it's him and Kirby, yeah. uh, both oh, looking at it. FBI, uh, Special Agent Kirby. Oh, Kirby. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, Kirby's <laughs> reveal. I was actually, I completely forgot that Hayden Pantier was in this movie. And then when I saw that blonde head, I'm like, Oh shit! She's yeah, FBI. That was really that was really great because when you when you bring it up, remember specifically because in Scream Four, we we had talked about Kirby being in the movie, but when Scream Four happened, you were like, "Oh, I was I hope she I hope she comes back later," and we were because like we had we knew the three of us we knew and you had forgotten completely, and it was and we were all like, "Don't say anything." We all yeah we all exchanged <laughs> the look and we were like just gonna let that one go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she she. Just like a Sydney, she didn't want to be the victim anymore, and she became she became a monster hunter, a ghost, ghost face killer. <laughs> I take a special interest in ghost face killings. I I love it. I love it so much. It's such a good new fresh, uh, role in the franchise. And yeah. I I think it's great. And uh, Hayden Panettiere, like she she I don't know if she would have been in this movie if she didn't like go to the directors and ask to be in it basically because she was like after after uh, the success of five she's like listen y'all my character is not dead you never saw a body. I could bring a lot to this franchise. You're all doing legacy shit. Uh, also, she's done a lot of interviews. It doesn't look like she's getting a lot of work, so she was really, really happy to be in Scream 6, and I'm really happy for her because she's awesome. I think she's uh, great. She is great, and I'm like, oh my god, this girl is a star. I'm so happy she's back. I hope... I, I'm mad. Bring her back. Another one. Give me there's, another. A, there's a really good... Um, the, Kirby is... How do I want to say this? We've talked a lot about how Sydney's not going to be in the... How Sydney... You know, it's it's enough. Sydney deserves a happy ending at this point. Um, Kirby is a really good replacement. That legacy character that can kind of come back. Yeah, uh, like Sydney, what like Sydney was doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, and I think it's nice that like we'll we'll see if we ever see Sydney again. Who knows? But um, I I don't think we should because I don't think you can kill Sydney, and I'll I'll stand by that. Yeah, completely. Oh, yeah, I don't think I, I think they anyone would know that at this point. Um, but uh. You know, a killer. It, it would make sense that eventually a killer is going to try and drag her into it again. Um, it's true. Uh, but for this one, it's one of the things I do like about the killers is that it's so focused on Sam. And I was wondering through the whole movie, I'm like, what could the possible reason to be to be focused on Sam and call her a liar and a murderer? Yeah. And the fact that it is the reveal that it is where you murdered our son. Uh, you know, like the same, uh, it is like Nancy Loomis, it yeah. is, but like, it works, it works in the sense of the, uh, you know, you are uh, toxic, you are just as bad, like this wouldn't have happened, uh, our son wouldn't be dead with, you know, if it wasn't for you, and you know, like, especially like, looking at the way she killed him, because she killed him more brutally than like, they usually kill killers, um, and uh, I, I felt like that motivation landed i think it's a little 
I accept it in the world of Scream just as much as I'll accept anything else. But like, it, it maybe is a little bit of a stretch that like, yeah, the entire family, they're all down with serial killing. Hell yeah. Um, but like, yeah, fine. Okay. They're teenagers. They're easily moldable. Um, 100%. Uh, I especially like uh, the effect. I said I wasn't going to talk about killer reveals later, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I especially like the effect of, because I was really like, that's not Stab. Uh, when they started playing like the video on the screen, yeah, I was confused um, for a second which is before too. we yeah. knew what it was, and then it's Richie's home movies, and I was like, oh, that's actually pretty good, yeah, in a way, kind of deepening Richie to an extent, not to any degree where I, you know, necessarily like uh, admire the character more or anything, no, but, but I think shows. like like adding into the background of Richie, um, and and like making the family thing kind of work for that, yes, um especially in the sense of um like i really really love sam having her kind of sydney moment uh where she turns on the dad and he's like he was pathetic mm-hmm. he was a man baby he was a limp he was, he was <laughs> crying about his movie not getting made and he was crying when i slit his throat and i'm like man that's Ooh. so vicious but yeah get him <laughs> yeah i uh god i I think the reveal is so fun. And yeah, seeing the home movies, again, it's 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 a little thing that did a lot for me because showing that Richie was making home movies, you know, even earlier than when we saw him, you know, at a younger teenage age, you know, 14, 15, 16, whatever, making these like murder movies, his parents got him that camera. His parents were okay with him making like, that whole family is effed up. And like having one of your serial killer son get murdered will only make you a worse person. And again, we're living in a Scream franchise where half the people in these franchises are crazy. Like, you know, again, we watched, you know, again, this is a se- this is a sequel doing Scream 2 over again. Um, so like I'm invested into it, I'm into it. And again, if it was only the dad and the son or only the dad and the daughter, I might feel different. But the fact that it's three of them, it's just like it's just so kooky. Uh and it's the fact that he has the great line of like, you killed my favorite son, and then the other son's like I thought that was really funny to me. There's a there's a really good line that you just reminded me of, which was the um, the first, the reveal of the um, shrine, um, and and Kirby and and Mindy are sitting on the stage and they're looking at the TV that killed Stu Mocker. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and, and officially just, opening that door. Yeah. Which thank goodness, finally we're doing that. Um, I love I love the line like, well, if you believe he's really dead next movie right and like kirby being in the position she is where she's the agent she's looking at all the stuff if she can't say well he is then he isn't yeah. <laughs> so That's opening the door so hard right there so Stu's the killer in scream seven he's, he's, the, the, mastermind. he's the mastermind yeah and i'm not i'm not a hundred percent sure because i tried to i tried to pay attention to this but i believe every killer has a birth and a death date and so it's like whatever birth date to death date. Stu's is just born date and nothing else. Mm. Interesting. Now I, maybe, I, maybe I read wrong, but that's what it looked like to me. He's definitely on the, the on the board, right? On the board. Yeah, on the I board. think you're right. I think you're right. I think Ooh. I clocked that too on the oh, board. Oh, I didn't. Oh, uh, okay, where okay. it had their pictures, and then the, the yeah. I'm pretty sure you're oh, right. I'm pretty yeah. sure they didn't have a death date on Stu. Guess I gotta see that movie again. Yeah, Damn. he's mm-hmm. almost certainly in scream scenes. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> um, Got a mashed up. Shit, face. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit at the end because I kind of want to talk about where we think it can go from here. Yeah. Um, My... but uh, I, I wanted to say something that it, like it came back to me because I, when we were talking earlier about you know just like Ghostface being scary in this one um for me it was the the sense of like 
oh, Ghostface will not only go at any time, Ghostface is ready to kill our, our main characters, our main two at any time and it was the the first call where he like just comes at them on the street which leads them into the the bodega yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh and like woof what a scene i was like oh he's like he'll do it now he's yeah. going for it um, out of the bushes yeah that was actually really shocking because you don't expect it and like like he just comes running he just comes running out at them and uh almost stabs in ortega um, not only that, like any other that that's the other thing that makes him scary. It's not just that; it's that once they run in any other screen movie, Ghostface doesn't follow them in. Yeah, yeah. This one follows them in and says, and he kills, "I'll kill, I'll kill three people before. on my way to you." One hundred percent. Yeah, he kills. Yeah. He stabs a dude. He shoots the the main guy. Uh, the other girls get to run out. Luckily, um, I like the uh, uh, Gail is in this. That's what I yes. want to talk about. Gail is is back. Uh, wrote another book. She she just can't help herself. Or she did. God damn it, Gail. At, honestly, after Dewey, I could see her getting real sad, needing money. So I money, think like... I think this was really important to do um, because what was happening at the beginning of the movie is they're doing the thing where like people are saying like online that like Sam was the real killer and she staged all this. And I'm like, if Sydney and Gail told you that she didn't, that should be good enough. Yeah, should for be. anybody at this point in terms of these killings. And when it's revealed that Gail called sam unstable in the book i'm like all right cool i think you justify enough for like a, a, an internet audience to do this um yeah. i i i then accepted and it. also I was like, you like, know what this i can buy it now because prior to that moment i'm like i don't know i think that's kind of bullshit <laughs> i'll also like gail has evolved so much over this over this like franchise but at the, at the same time like she is always going to be that same person at the core who like i want fame and i want i want people to have eyes on and like, again, after Dewey, when well, she lost her moral compass, and she lost exactly, she and when she loses Dewey, and like, hey, her her agent's like, yo, you can make another couple bucks, you can get back on TV if you write another book. And like, she's probably sad and alone, so of course she's gonna do that. And then I like her introduction into the movie because at first we see the phone call, she's calling, uh, she's calling Sam, and then she shows up, Gail Weathers, Channel Four, um, which was I... also like a good a, a good reveal, just real quick about like the book thing because when Gail's calling and Sam's hanging up, I'm like, yo, why? Yeah, like I thought this would be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great moment in the movie in in, in the scene when uh, Sam goes in for a goes in for a punch and then Tara clocks her. Yeah, love it. Great dodge. I've been doing this a long time. Bam, love it. <laughs> Bitch went down. And, and then later she's and then Tara's all like, "Sorry for punching you. No, you're not. No, I'm not. No, no I'm not. not. Uh, I, yeah. I do, I do, I do want to say you, you touched on it already, Sparks, but I do want to say I, I adored Jenna Ortega in this movie, and I, in a way, I didn't in the first film, in the last film, because she was like half well, dead in that. She didn't, she didn't get enough to do. Yeah, uh, and I, and I'm, I'm not saying it as a criticism on, on either film, or uh, I'm just, I'm just, re- I'm just reiterating that I, I think she was, she was really, really great in this movie, and like the, the relationship she has with her sister, like. They both experienced, you know, the like one of the worst things you can go through, and now they're they are trying to handle it in different ways, you know. Uh, uh, and it's just, if you want to go and have and like you know like random well, sex like, with gross people, like maybe that's not the best way to handle it. But also, you should be allowed to, you know, like live your life. Like the, you are being over overbearing on your sister. Like they're both right, they're both wrong, and they're at, they're it's a troubling time. I think this movie does a good job of further expanding on what they set up in the previous one with the fact that Sam is 
the daughter of Billy Loomis and that there's a different stigma, regardless of the survivor capability of it, that comes with that than what we had in Sydney. And what this movie does well is separate, like for this one, and it makes sense that this is the story where you do that, that Tara has the privilege of not having to live in that shadow. Yeah. And Sam doesn't. Uh, and that that creates this different way of living after the event uh, that they have to go through in this film, which is why I think their relationship, like, like this is a 10 out of 10 on how they, they craft their relationship in this story. The fact that it's at the heart of it, the fact that it's done as well as it is, um, the the early beginning moment of the, you have to let me go. Yes. Going back into the, the final confrontation, you have to let me go. With a knife. With a knife and stab. Sick, <laughs> like, sick. Really, really good. Like, it's a full, it's a full thing, and I really, really like this it. This also might be, like, the the dopest scream movie in terms of just really cool shit happening because like there's just really cool like fight scenes with like the moment god bless chad that he survived but that dude getting <sighs> double stabbed and then the double knife played at the same time That's i had so i had a heart attack in the theater dude that was <laughs> that was like that was like steve rogers picking up mjolnir i'm not even kidding that was like the sickest thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah, yeah and i'm like why um, is that motion so cool because you brought up because you brought up Chad, and I want to go back to Gail soon, but like because you brought up Chad, I just want to say I'm I'm glad he's the Dewey of this franchise. Um, uh, and I really, I, at first, the relationship between Chad and 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 Tara, 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 Tara um, when we first see 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 them at the frat party, and Annika comes up to him and goes, "Hey, we need your help," and and he comes to stop uh, Tara from going up. Um, that's a really good scene. But as the as it was clear that a romance was being hinted at and then blossoming, I was kind of like, "Am I okay with this?" And then after a while, I'm like, "I'm okay with this." Yeah, yeah, it uh, really worked. It's like, yeah, the, their first initial hookup scene. I'm like, "Y'all, like, I know y'all are friends." I'm like, "Is this just because y'all are dealing with trauma?" But like over the course of the movie, I'm like, "No, y'all got y'all vibing. You guys are vibing. Yeah. yeah, all right." And then everybody's like, "Oh my god, just get together." <laughs> oh my god, yeah. The sister's like, "Oh my god, finally." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mindy's uh, just like make out already. They're like, yeah, no, no. I want to. I want to go back to Gail because yeah. Gail's um, bit in the apartment, the her fight with Ghostface is really cool. Um, I do appreciate that even though Ghostface is never the same person, they treat it like he is. And he he goes, "We've never talked on the phone before, have we, Gail? Like, we, we should do that. Don't you want an interview?" And then I love the I love the bit when she's looking at the phone. It's like, "Can you hold, please? Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> Star sixty nine i really like that um but the 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 really cool thing about gail is that when she does get stabbed and we you know we don't know if she's dead probably not uh but she says tell sydney that bastard didn't get me do you mean by the end of the movie we don't know if she's dead or not but by the end of that scene oh yeah, well, yeah by the end of the by the well yeah by the end of the movie it's not clear if she's dead or not they right? said she they said she's gonna pull through Oh, okay, I, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, um, it's a it's a passing line, but they say Gail's going to pull through. Because I remember Mindy, they couldn't keep Mindy from staying in the hospital. Um, yeah, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, um, yeah. They but, say uh, they, they they do say like Gail's in the clear. Yeah, but Gail's line of like you know tell that tell Sydney that bastard didn't get me. Yeah, yeah, I, I like good. that too. Um, which is also better than like it's better last words I think for Sydney than tell Sydney not to come here. Yeah, but I think it's kind of saying a similar thing of like that it, it he didn't get me and it's also kind of an implication of like don't come here to to take care of this for me yeah like you yeah. stay away um uh i really like it like if if gail had to go out in this movie which i'm glad she didn't um but if she did that was a good good fight yeah 
um she really she really takes ethan to task on that one because that's definitely ethan and Um, and what I, what I really like about what I really like about oh yeah you can tell by how they fumble um what what I really like oh, shit, about no, it can't be Ethan it has to be Quinn Ethan's in the van Ethan's in the van with them Ethan mm-hmm. is in the van um I really I I just I think that what's really great about the 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 fight with Gale and Ghostface is that it's it's taking all the lessons that Gale has learned through her encounters with the previous Ghostface and you know she's constantly she's never shooting at at the body she's always shooting at the head um she or if she hits the body it's on accident um but the um and then going to the to the to the cell phone to the phone where she where she calls him back um like yeah it's the phone's gonna ring uh it it, it's a really great moment for that character that um i i i really appreciate it because again like it built off of the character from the past I also think that's the first time that somebody star 69 ghost face yes. immediately find him. That was really clever, actually. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, things like that where, where she's been dealing with this for so long. She's probably she's probably been wondering, why doesn't anybody call him back? And he's like, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that. And so uh, I also like, you know, both uh, the way Ghostface in that scene puts Gale through it about Dewey. And then also um, her scene about Dewey earlier in the movie, uh, where they play his theme. Oh my gosh, oh, I got I almost I almost cried just from a theme. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, that's powerful. Do 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 do, so powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wrote. Sorry, I was looking at my notes real quick. <laughs> I wrote, "Glad Chad is the new Dewey." Um, boy, that guy got messed up in this one. Yeah, Dude, we've the, never the, seen. When we we've never to... seen two ghost face go at a person it's, before. Yeah, it was yeah. so rough. And then, like, yeah, that was an incredible moment. Um, yeah, when we were getting to the end, and it's, uh, you know, like, as things are winding down, I'm like, they're going to say they found Chad. He's going to wheel out on that stretcher, a la Dewey. They're going to do it. <laughs> Thank God. I'm so I was happy. Like, oh, man, I, I can't have Chad go. I love him That dude's going to be, like, in an iron lung. He got stabbed, like, 20 times. I really like the core four. I think this film, they really solidify as as uh, great characters that I would continue to follow into more movies. For sure. Um, the that's that's where that 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 is literally where my love for this film is 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 with is with the core four the ghost face killings are so good the the mr x in the trailer is so wonderful because of henry cerny's death uh is so it we when we see that we don't see the death in the trailer but we see the ghost face in the in the doorway when we don't oh. don't know in the trailer who that who that is who what house that is yeah i was glad that was used on him uh i also really like that as part of sam's background we didn't touch on him much but as the therapist that like she's she's gone to a few and they don't take her sincerely as a victim he turned her in and like what they're trying to what she's trying to talk to them about bad um, and like that that a lot of them have had this reaction where like oh, i can't really work with you i can't help you with i this. am so so glad that it wasn't a one and done billy loomis ghost thing oh, i'm so glad I'm you got there because he's not in the movie until the very end for a short period no, he's in like this the like he shows up when they get to the shrine which is in like uh not quite even the sorry yeah, yeah, the third yeah. Act. but but he's not in the movie a lot but when she's looking at it and then we hear his voice and she's like oh god damn it not now <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah I, because I really, because I really like the idea, of like you know, how are the meds going? Great. I'm not saying anybody who shouldn't be there. Uh, and then, what, because this trauma is bringing that back up, it's just like, oh damn it! Really good, really good. I, 
and the thing of like you're a killer you're a killer inside and all this stuff and i'm like god, god damn it sam you know better you yeah. grab a weapon and you clear this place yourself yeah dude yeah and like ski, ski and then she reaches work. for his and i'm like maybe not that one maybe not like, that yeah, one. The, good choice i was like i like that one. Oh, so here's the thing um part of the reason why i love the killers i do is the way that they go out when they're uh, not only like the way that they do their reveal and, and who they are, but also the way that they go out when the ropes are turned on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the reasons I love, I, I end up liking Richie is because Richie turns into like a whining man baby. And I think that's great because he is so pathetic. Yeah. Um, I love Sam going full her dad with the voice changer and everything on oh on uh detective. The, the detective i think that's really good it's like you wanted this and the then second... like hearing hearing his voice uh being sam using it now is so and again like a credit to him he sounds distinctly different uh as sam doing it than he does as the like when the detective was doing it and yeah stuff. i didn't clock this in screen in five cream but sam has incredible billy luma's face yeah uh she she turns into him at a point when she's holding the gun at Gwen. Yes. And and you see it, you see Billy Loomis in her face. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, that that final that final action scene is we a, all go a little mad sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the final action scene's great. But yeah, going back to like when the detective like uh uh like gets like knocked down and then he's alone, he's alone in the shrine. I'm like, oh, he's definitely getting a ghost face call right now. Like it just felt yeah, right. Yeah. And then he gets the phone call. It's so good. Yeah. Uh uh yeah, his his son's his son's uh, movies playing like it's so like oh, poetic. Like, I love so the weird. I love the the, the when because when, when Sam is killing is like killing him about to go for the killing blow. Tara, Tara is the one who's to to stop to stop is like I'm not my father. You're right. I I shouldn't do this. And then they're gonna give each other a look like, yeah. but you did mess with our family. Yeah, yeah. Tara's like really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I I really dig it. And like part of the thing is like. I think I dig the killers because they work so well as the foils of Sam and Tara. And like for the story that it's telling in this movie, it makes a lot of sense. Like this, this idea of like, they're trying to stretch the shadow of Richie over Sam and Sam's like, God damn it. F you. I'm not doing this shit. So F your whole family, man. I told him this, but uh, uh, Ben and Brandon, I thought that the, the core idea of, of the movie was going to be at the beginning when, when he's like, but my movie, who gives a shit about movies? I thought the idea of the movie was going to be that this person, the new Ghostface, was so tired of the franchise, he needed to kill everyone who was ever involved with it so people would shut up about it. And they would stop making movies and stop doing stuff. He's like, if everyone's gone, they won't do any more. Uh, obviously, that wouldn't work because they would still just make more no matter what. But I just thought a guy who's so tired of franchises, he wants to put an end to it instead of continue it as like an old grumpy man, like Clint Eastwood style. Uh, that wasn't clearly. But uh, I love uh, the family angle. Let's let's acknowledge Mag's last two chats there. Oh, uh, yes. Still curious of the victim's drawings. You mean Richie's ones... drawings? Oh, those are all Richie's drawings. That makes sense. They never, they, they never, never explicitly it. say it. Like it's there, so you kind of assume it was Richie's. Okay, I guess that makes uh, sense. Sure. And and I I would say probably, probably, but like we don't know one hundred percent. Oh, but That's then like, why would Dewey's death be there? When would Richie have drawn that? Right mm. after. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. great point. Maybe this will be something that comes back, and there's actually it was Stu in 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 his little uh, Michael Myers hole that he's been living in. <laughs> So, uh, so there was a part of me that was 
kind of wondering if they were going to go the Kirby as Ghostface angle. Yeah, I mean, they definitely want to lean you towards that direction at one point in the film, for sure. That's when yeah. I knew she wasn't. The second, but, yeah. But I was thinking, like, no, she's too short. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah I, I said the same thing to, to Brandon. I'm like, if it's, if Kirby's the killer, we're running into the same problem I have with Amber here. Yeah. Fortunately, we got Quinn and Ethan standing about, you know, neck and neck with their dad yeah. uh, when um, they do the mask off moment. Um, the, the last comment Mag said, mm-hmm. if we want to bring that up real quickly, I also liked how the fan film looked amateurish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah uh yeah they did a great job with all of that i'm i'm i yeah i i really i really like it i think that i think all of this gelled together really well i think what you're saying about the killers working better as foils for sam and tara helps me get over what i think is a rather underwhelming reveal um and I think probably upon a rewatch, I would enjoy. I will enjoy this more. Now that said, my only knock against this film, against this film, really, is how much I really freaking love Five Cream, and this wouldn't hit Five Cream for me. Um, who knows where I'll be on a rewatch though? Because again, I really there's so much in this movie that I love, and I've been talking about it endlessly with you guys. Uh, it's just the 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 killer reveal just kind of didn't work for me. But around yeah. that, I'm I'm with I'm with the whole thing. I think I think unlike Nancy Loomis, who works just kind of as the the vengeful mother, you have to look at the Kirsch family here as an extension of Richie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we haven't had that in Killers before, but I think them as Killers is hidden so well and obscured, and and like I didn't suspect you know, the detective until near the end. Yeah. And I, didn't I definitely sus- didn't suspect. And I friend. wrote off Ethan pretty, pretty quick. I wrote him off a certain point in the subway when, yeah, yeah. when he, she was getting uh, And I, and like, obviously I wrote off Quinn once Quinn was a victim. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I think they did a good job just hiding the killers yeah. uh, in this one better maybe than some screen films do. I think this is one of the best ones where I'm like, and, yeah. and that made it like, kind of kind of land for me and then like the motivation being the tie back to richie i was like okay because definitely like when they first take their masks off and and like they say like they say like what you did to our family and i'm like where are we going with this <laughs> like <laughs> what what is that and again I just and like... then and then like the reveal of richie being being their their brother and, and son is like all right and all yeah. right and this, you know this being a sequel to a legacy sequel slash reboot, you know, this whole requel prequel thing that they're, or sequel thing they're talking about. Like, this is like, this is such a good execution of like, again, doing something original and new, but giving, giving credence, credence to the thing that you're, that you're homaging, which is too. Like it does all the family stuff, but it is like, it is a new setting and it is the most brutal and it is like the scariest one. Like, and I will watch this one again, probably before I watch other ones because of just like how visceral the entire thing is. It's really nice that they continue the trend of every movie sets aside different rules um, because they this is like, okay, well now we're franchise rules. Uh, the last, we're the last Jedi where, uh, God damn it. I hate this franchise. God yeah. damn it. I hate this franchise. Yeah. Like they're talking about um, how now, now legacy characters are on the table. Now anybody could die at any time. Like that's what we're doing because we got to keep bringing in new people for future entries so which makes me what curious like what rules could they establish in the next film because let's be honest there's going to be a next film oh yeah i 
I have to imagine that these days, babies, you gotta have a sequel. Oh yeah, I have to imagine that it's they're building a trilogy. Like they're not gonna make like five of these movies. I think like a trilogy makes sense. Uh, and I just think with what they've been doing, especially with these silly, fun, like fan setup they've done of this, like there's gonna be multiple villains in the next one, and Stu will be in it. Oh like, my there's god, no doubt. Oh my god, there's no we, doubt. So related to the Stu thing, um, when Kirby kills Ethan oh, by yeah. pushing the same television over on him, I saw that. I saw in that in a scary movie once. Kirby, Kirby is so good in this movie. I'm so glad her and Mindy have a scene where they square off about horror movie aficionado ness. Game that recognized uh, game. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I'm so glad that that's like still a part of who she is. Uh, and they didn't they didn't lose that yes yeah, i still love her. her so much in this movie i'm so glad she was here yeah um, yeah i'm really and I'm, kill her. yeah i'm also really happy that she she was there the the when i when it looks like she's dead i was kind of worried um but i was re- but again she she makes it out i really i really appreciate that i really appreciate what ryan said because the idea of like this could feel this could be a nice scream trilogy um because it does feel like the arc that samantha specifically is on is not done yet uh it could end here it could have ended in the last film but it does feel like there's an there's a third step she needs to kind of go through a third trial to go to to go through because you know here she's kind of embracing billy loomis in a way she didn't in the first film um and you know, how far will that want? Will she want to go with that? Will that take her to some darker places? I don't ever see her as a ghost face killer, but like what, where, where could that character go is something that I'm actually really intrigued by and eager, what, eagerly wanting a, a seventh entry. Uh, uh, like this is obviously like incredible speculation for a movie that has not even been greenlit, but like, it reminds me of like the end of the dark Knight, where like Batman is like the villain, right? Like the whole idea was to get Sam to put on that ghost face mask. And then she does. So, like, what if the implication is, like, oh, she gets sent to prison because they think she is guilty of killing this cop, and they have to get her out, and then new stuff happens around that. Like, they can, like, they can totally lean into that or completely ignore it, but, like, I think her putting on the mask is not inconsequential. Yeah. I don't think she'll ever be a killer or anything, but I do think they could not make but, her a good ghost face, but something what if, like that. What if Stu wants to turn her into one? That's what I mean. That, I'm thinking like, like, like Palpatine, like not not not, not like, like in a, not like in a framed her way. Yeah, but he's like, I want you to recognize that you're just like your dad. Yeah, that's what oh, I sure. really feel like. That is, they're building to that. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever see her go into prison or something like that. But I yeah. could see maybe Stu got out on good behavior, um, or or well, something. Well, Stu can't be in prison because they would know he's alive. Yeah, he's missing. Right, so where is Stu Mocker? He's, he's living in the Michael Myers hole. Wouldn't it be what? What, what he if has he shows? What if what what if he shows up and he and he's and he's talking to Samantha and Samantha doesn't really know that it's Uncle Stumacher. Okay, I I don't want to. I, I want to save this for after, just at the very end, a little bit of prediction stuff. So I'm not going to get into that yet. I kind of want to hear a little bit more about how Ben feels about this movie overall because we kind of like steamrolled through a lot of points. Um, over, over overall, I absolutely love this film. Hell yeah. I I love the fact that how many killers there were. I actually. Like when, when uh, like the movie theater scene when they were going after it, we see the two killers and like okay, there's a two, but then I was like, but wait, is there one more? And the third one pops up. I'm like, holy shit, there's three of them. There's been three this whole time. Oh my god, so cool. I also love how Kirby isn't the killer, but I definitely fell for the trap that she was. Oh, they got gotcha. you. 
I, they got me. I fell for the trap because it it makes sense. Because even earlier they said like, yeah, you were so traumatized, and then you 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 became the monster who hunted you. And I thought maybe Kirby did go down a downward spiral. See, that's the, see, that's the interesting thing about Scream is they keep dancing around that theme, but never actually never actually going through with it. And mm-hmm. I, I always because there's always a, a scene, not always, but there's often a scene where it's like. Oh, what if you're the ghost face killer because the last because the thing traumatized you so much, blah 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 blah. And I kind of I'm kind of happy they never go down that road, but also no, I kind of want to see it. It's, I'll be honest. It, it, it's it's a thing of execution where like this they execute like everything that this franchise is so good to turn a hero into a villain, you'd have to do some really we, good script writing to yeah. like make to make a Kirby into a killer, you'd really have to really sell me hard. We like, have hard. We have talked about it before, where like we know that the fan base at one point has talked about like a, a desire, like what if Sydney was the killer, like what a, what an incredible twist, yeah. and all that. And I'm like, how that would go completely against the character. Yeah. And if you really wanted to do that, Kirby is the person you do that with instead of Sydney. Yeah. Um, it, it, Ghostface also makes the same assertion of Gale. Like Gale, you would have made a great killer. Uh, you know, like it really would have worked for you. Um, uh, Dewey was the hero and Sydney was always the favorite, but like, you yeah. know, the lead, but you could have, you could have done it, Gail. Oh, um, real quick. I, I love that Gail again, like she's just like a, like a journalist lady, but like she is able to like stump the police in finding like Ghostface place. And I like, she is good at her job. She is good at investigative journalism. And I like that has always been a part of her character. Like she is good at her job. That's why she always helps out. She's needed. Yeah. I like that. All right. Uh, Are we wrapping up? I'm thinking if there's anything else I want to touch on, but we just saw the movie earlier. So like, I don't know. Uh, It's awesome. It's really, really awesome. I'm really happy with it. Um, I think they did a really great job getting across all that, all that good screen vibe stuff. Hey, it's a great screen movie and Sydney's not in it. That's, that's an A plus point. Yeah. A plus plus. Yeah. Do we want to amend our Scream rankings to include Scream 6? Oh, I mean, I could do that real quick. I, I, we should probably do our ratings first. I, I wish I, 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 don't I, I don't have my list out anymore. So it should be easy to remember, anymore. but I'm bad at it. Uh, I, I, are we at rankings? I'm sorry. I'm yeah, rank it. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I think it's fantastic. I love it. Um, it, it. Again, like I'm still processing it from today, but if I had to say I like this more than 5, but I still don't like it more than 1 or 2. Uh, but it is my favorite of the two modern movies for sure. Sparks. Um, real quick, Brandon, did you see the post credit scene? Because I know we did. I did. Great. Hell yeah. yeah. Funny. Liked it. <laughs> Perfect use of Mindy. Um, uh, yeah, I think that this uh, nails everything I, I want in a screen movie, and it does it really well. And uh, maybe I'll change my mind uh, over time, but at this current moment, like it's pretty high up there. Um, ten out of ten. Hell yeah, baby. Wow, ten out of ten, Ben. 9.5 out of 10. Oh, hi. This one, this one was, a, it was an awesome time in the movie theater. It was awesome to watch. It was, it kept me on the edge of my seat. The, it, I felt dread for the characters the entire time. I was like, who's going to get out of here? Who's not going to get out of here? You definitely jumped. I definitely felt you I jump did. a couple of times. I love yeah. it. I love seeing horror movies with you. I love it. Yeah, I definitely did jump. There was a, especially a scene in Gail's apartment where the killer breaks through the, the um, what should we call it? Breaks through the bookcase, got me. But yeah, this movie was y'all, fantastic. 9.5. Yeah, y'all, like, this movie opens with the Tony Revolori stuff and is a great opening. And I knew Kirby was still coming. And then they reveal that Stu Mocker is probably alive. And I was like, man, guys, great movie. Great movie. Go ahead, Brandon. Well, 
I don't like this as much as Scream 5. I really like Scream 5. Um, uh, I, so I, I think... I think it, I can I can I think I'm I could settle on an eight point five. I think I'll settle on an eight point five. Yeah, still good. All right. Uh, rankings of the screen films. I'll say real quick because I definitely know it. It's number one, this number six, then number two, number five, number four, number three. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. I lost you halfway through that. One, six, one, six, two, five, two. four, three. One, two, six, five, four, three. And I love two, but I think I might have to put this one over it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I have to. I need more time. I literally saw it just earlier today. I forgot what my list was. And also, be right back. My cat's doing something weird. That's okay. You can make it up on the spot. I think I'm pretty. Uh, here's what I'll say I'm confident that it is five, one, four. I'm confident that those are my top three in that order. I could switch. Two is my number four right now with six. Feel like I probably like six more than I like two. And then three's at the bottom. Yeah. I love two. I love two, but like especially we talked about when we did our, our screen two reviews. Like I know that an amount of it is just like growing up with it and nostalgia because like I don't love how they handle Sydney's best friend character in that movie. I don't necessarily totally love the way that Randy's death is handled. Like there's a, there are things I don't love about that movie for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, but, but overall I love that movie. But Billy's mom is in it. But Billy's mom is in it. And that's pretty incredible. <laughs> Debbie Salt's in it. Dude. I really, really love this one. Yeah. It did so many things I wanted to have happen. And Kirby was incredible. Honestly, like before we saw the movie, I was fully intent on when we did our review. I'm like, yeah, there's probably two killers. So, you know, let's uh, let's talk about where the killers are in our rankings. But there are four. So I'm not going to make <laughs> open the movie with a killer. All bets are off. All right. Shall we book club? Mag says one, five, six, two, four, three. Yep. Those modern right. movies really working for Mag. All right, Ryan, take it away. Hey, y'all, it's me. Ryan Leopolis, we're talking about comics. We're talking about because The Mandalorian is currently airing on Disney Plus, which I have been watching. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters Galaxy's Deadliest. That is the volume one of a comic we're reading, written by Ethan Sachs with art by Paolo Villanini and uh, Arif Prianto with letters by VCs Travis Latham. Um, and this is a fun bounty hunter book that takes place after Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I love bounty hunters. Uh, I love Bosk. I love me that dirty, mean Trandosian man. I like Boba Fett in the comic books. Um, and you know what? There's this cool guy named Valance who, you know, I've been going to the comic shop for years. I see his face on a cover every month. And I'm like, who the hell is this Skynet ass looking cyborg man? Because he looks cool. And now I know. And uh, I thought this book was pretty cool. I'm not going to say it's life changing. I think the art is incredible i think the art is so good and so kinetic and i took so many pictures of great action scenes i think the story's pretty good i like the characters i really like bosk i just i really like mean mean uh black chrysanthemum shows up uh uh racist dr Afro shows up i didn't know she was partly racist oh man that's fun um i thought this was just a good time you know again uh, uh i just wanted some fun mando mando stuff um uh what do you guys think about deadliest predators of the galaxies find this <laughs> I enjoyed it. I yep. thought it was I thought it was a fun read. Um I I feel a little weird because like the story's not totally complete at where we stop. 
Um, but you know, we got we got a decent chunk in. I I'll be honest, like I was kind of bummed Bosk stepped out of the story like midway through because mm-hmm. I was kind of enjoying getting a lot of good Bosk. He's good. Yeah, he's awful. Yeah, I love him. Uh, so the fact that he kind of dipped out of the story halfway in was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like you sold me on a story that involved Bosk, and I and then took him out of the story. Sure, sure. Um, and if I'm being honest, I was a little thrown at the beginning because in the first issue, when they do the stuff like what happened on old Corellia, yes, it is not clear yes. why they're saying that they're mad at her that's because my... it looks like the other character is the one that screwed up the mission, but they're saying like, no, it's her fault. And I'm like, okay, we didn't get enough context. So my biggest issue is issue one. Uh, I think the payoff of what, actually is like oh he was actually saving a pregnant woman and like this baby that would unite the clans i like that payoff i think the first issue's execution is horrendous i had to read that twice to try to remember it's because the reason they i don't understand it is because they don't show you what's happening they show you oh it's this person and then they shoot them but they never show you the scene that just happened and then you're supposed to just supposed to like accept the consequences and like the thing is like you could have just still hidden what like we get the idea that when she comes upon her in the room and she's pregnant and yes. everything that like it's horrifying to her that they're going to kill her but you don't see the pregnant lady you just know that she's horrified by something and if she if they had just shown a shooting her shooting the other character just because like to stop her from shooting then I'd be like, okay, I at least get that she shot the other character, but I didn't even understand that in context yeah. until later. And I thought that was a problem. I think the the overall plot is totally like fine. I think the interstitial just like character stuff is which is pretty fun. What about uh what's happening with y'all upstairs? Um the only thing I remember so a while ago, when this book first came out, it made waves on the internet. And that was my biggest impression of the, of it, which was the um when Boba Fett kills the 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 girl. Oh, I forgot her name. Uh, Tonga. Uh, yeah, uh, who's looking for her brother. When Boba Fett kills her, um, a lot of people online were mad about that. And that's kind of, that's been my impression of the comic. So I've been thinking uh, that, oh, this comic, blah, 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 blah. Reading it, well, you know, the internet's the internet. But like, it's fine. It, there's really nothing here that's too I don't, i'm not i'm not a big bounty hunter person in star wars I, I i don't i don't dislike them um i like the first two seasons of the mandalorian but there's really not a whole lot here for me sure. outside of the artwork which which i agree with you ryan the artwork is really good mm-hmm. um there's just not really this is really not a lot here for me to chew on there's just sure. this didn't really work work for me that's fair yeah what about what's happening then i i liked it i would definitely say the first three issues i was kind of getting like okay hurry up let's what's going on with the story yeah i would say it drug its feet quite a bit those first three issues but once we got into issues four and five i was invested um i wouldn't call it a slow burn but i would definitely say the first yeah that art is between just every fight scene is immaculate i love it yeah um I mean, really, I would just say that it's good. That's what I would mostly say. The book is good, but I like Brandon. I'm also not a big bounty hunter fan. I'm also not a huge... I, I like the bounty hunters just fine, but I'm more interested in other aspects of the Star Wars universe outside of bounty hunters. Lightsabers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not even... For, for me... I'm, I'm joking. I know, well, yeah. I know, but you're right. You're right. Lightsabers and uh, blasters, really. I, okay, uh, that's I kind of the... That's kind of the thing about Star. 
that that's kind of the thing about Star Wars that's really that's really fun is there are so many different corners and and something that I do want to I do want to talk about with this comic is that this is the not the first because Doctor Aphra exists um, but like uh, th- this is this is one of the, this is one of the few Marvel Star Wars comics ongoings that is not based on uh, that doesn't have like the core characters of Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker like this this the main character is wholly original mm-hmm. um, created for this comic book introduced in this comic book and 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 continues on ongoing and sure boba fett shows up boss shows up but the main character is original and i, I think that's that's really cool and really ambitious and it's kind of neat that the book has gone on for as long as it is because while i may not be as interested in bounty hunters people are uh, because star wars is such a big expansive universe that you can find different aspects of the universe to to enjoy and this 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 book falls into one of them i think in a nice way yeah, and I do think because this book it's like still ongoing, like it's like it's been going for like years, and it's had multiple like crossover stuff. So like people, if I, th- I think the book was bad, I don't think it would still be going. Yeah. Uh, so I think like people still seem to enjoy it. Uh, again, like I just can't. I agree with the story. I think it's totally fine. I just wanted to pick a book I haven't read before, and because I read most of the early Star Wars stuff, uh, and I love Scum and Villainy. That, that is my favorite Star Wars stuff. Uh, again, it's like having so many different species. Oh, this is bad. Uh, you have a Kit Fisto, a Nautilin. Uh, as like as like the person that you're trying to find throughout the story, uh, Nash. Uh, also, like that other bounty hunter, Oris, is really cool. Uh, I just I as much as yeah, like I c- could care less what's happening. I loved looking at this book, and this yeah. is the 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 uh, the a good story a good storyteller a good artist can tell a story uh, without words. So like I could still read this whole book, and I still knew what was happening for a lot of the time if I kind of skipped over some of the words. Um, which you know what you don't have to read every every panel spoiler everybody. There's uh, a there, there's a fun there's a fun trend that this book picks up from the old marvel star wars comics the old ones from the 70s and the 80s between the events of empire strikes back and uh, return of the jedi um they weren't allowed to find han solo so the ongoing comic book t- series at the time would always well not always but like whenever they would get the story close to where they need to find han solo oops they're thwarted right right at the last second and boba fett escaped with han solo again because they couldn't have boba fett immediately go to java in that comic book because they needed to wait for that movie this book picks up that trend which i thought was very funny because we see boba en route to java and he's just like i guess i can make a detour (laughs) it's it's incredibly funny because this is the first volume Right, and this, this it's on issue like thirty now. Yeah. They just had a War of the Bounty Hunters like crossover event that's about Han Solo and in, in the car in the Carbonite. Yeah. So like for it took three years of the Han Solo thing to finally pay off, and I'm like, man, that's a that's a lot. Um, well, it ain't like he gonna wake up anytime no, soon. No, I know, but to yeah. have like three years of publishing, uh, I'm issue no, thirty six, sure. sure. and Han Solo still on. It's just funny to me. Um, I valence uh he's a totally fine he's like a rogue you know i do like his past of like i nearly died for your cause look at me now i'm barely human like i like his backstory i do want to know more about him um he does a cool blade runner thing where he's like i need to learn more about uh this information but boba fett killed this guy oh wait i have a video camera of boba fett and i see in the reflection of boba fett's helmet the guy mouthing the words so in a blade blade runner style he enhances to boba fett's helmet and finds the words and i'm like this is stupid i love it um i'm just looking at so many beautiful boss oh oh i, I read every page of the, every word of this of valence and how all his cybernetics work love it yo guys he's got a shin bone blade uh yeah not much to say um i might continue to read this i might read some reviews to see if the second and third volume are better but um i just wanted uh, to read some blaster boys so i got some of that so thank you for indulging 
Of All course. Right. Anything else? Um, um, I like Bosk. I think he should show up more in live action, except the Trandoshans have weird eyeballs in live action, so I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, they, they look weird, right, guys? I'm not the only one who sees it. Those eyes well, look... Certainly in, in Boba Fett. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They blinked. It was weird. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, all right. Uh, my turn next week. Uh, I chose Superman and the Authority, written by Grant Morrison with art by Mikkel Janin. I love Grant Morrison. I own this book and I'm excited to read it. I'm glad. I actually just reread this when we talked about the Authority stuff with James Gunn. Um, that's kind of the reason why I also wanted to do it. Is like, read some Authority, but not the Warren Ellis Authority. Well, you could have also picked the Grant Morrison or Mark Millar Authority that it's based off of it. But this is this is a fun addition to half of those characters. So. Yeah, I've heard good things. Hell yeah. All right, so that'll do it. Uh, yeah, what do I do next? I read some shit. That's what I, I do. It. Read it and weep. <laughs> All right. Um, so that'll do it, guys. Again next week. Uh, Shazam and the Fury of the Gods, I guess. Yep. Or Shazam yep, yep, yep. colon Fury of the Gods. Not Shazam, Shazam and the Fury of the Gods. Shazam and the Fury of the Gods. Uh, not every film is fun and doesn't end the title. Um, cool. So that'll do it. So stay tuned for that. Um, and guys, make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. Check out all sorts of cool things on this channel. Of course, we've talked about the stuff that's below. Uh, there's some cinephiles that are that are there. Cinephiles, for those of you who probably don't remember or don't know, um, that's where all of our movie reviews are going to go. It's just it's not a show. It's just a brand that we're just going to throw everything in. Um, fun stuff. As I mentioned last week, Conversation Season 2 will be coming in April. I don't have a date locked down yet, and uh, I'll be announcing a new cool thing probably next week honestly um if what when i get a date when i find out what the date is going to be so stay tuned um of course check, check out um conversations only audio but of course there's plenty of video shows that you can check out uh on this channel if you're watching this live or if you're watching the rewind there's fake nerds watch which you can uh find our videos on the last of us season one and star trek picard season three mandalorian season three is incoming um whether we like it or not it is happening so you can check that out when that does we're gonna be batching the episodes in different ways than we have before just kind of makes scheduling a lot easier for us but we're not bad batching it no we're not bad batching it mag of course in the chat saying take care catch you next time stay safe you too bud stay safe as well there was a lot of talk about basement arcade check out basement arcade uh on this channel uh new basement arcades that you've heard here on the show are probably going to happen um basement arcade pause mini which is our, our video game discussion series uh new episodes incoming fake book club and animation station animation station by the way new episode of sonic prime uh you can check that out patreon t public if you'd like to support us financially those are links below uh you can also find all of the links to all of our shows and all of my writings and all of you can find the links to d and dark there actually and 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 uh all everything Everything is on our website at fakenerpodcast.com, which is linked below. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. Thank you to everyone who watches the rewind. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we, 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 we greatly appreciate your support. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for all the musical themes you heard here tonight and all the musical themes for all of our shows. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci underscore wreck of time, as well as his podcast, Suburban Proctologist. <laughs> at Subproc Podcast on Instagram or at facebook.com slash suburbanproctologistofficial. 
Uh, you can also find Mike Matola. Mike Matola is a wonderful collaborator of ours. Does a couple of logos, does a couple of episodes. We love him. You can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. Fickner at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I am at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for CBR.com, hydromamedia.com, which I have a new article up, and atomicethan.com. Ben, what can find you? You can find me on the internet at Ben Mackin27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can also find me writing for Fusion Gaming Magazine, Old School Gamer Magazine, and GoNintendo.com, as well as playing Mary Frankenstein on Dean Dark, which is linked down below, along with Grayson Live, who plays Jack the Invisible Man. And also, guys, I just realized this week, because, you know, this past week was Mario Day, March 10th, It I've been writing for Fusion for a year. I've been a awesome. published writer for a year. Boop, boop. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, baby. Congratulations. Sparks, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me possibly sharing my predictions for a Scream 7 at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty, because I realized that I forgot to really say anything about it Stu's at the end of our uh, Scream 6 review. But I kind of yeah. hope that uh, Stu also sees Billy's ghost and that they're both seeing the same ghost. <laughs> oh. uh, Ryan, where can they find you? Yo, you could find me waking up in seven hours at DJ Tony Snark. 616. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Until next time, see us, guys. Stay fake, nerds. Bye.